Coming to you live from your baby mama's bedroom. I am your man, Mr. GQ. And I am the DJ that make your girl rump shake. DJ Micah B. Let's go. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, we live on season five. Yeah. We in that thing. Yes, I told you, just like we talked about on the end of the last episode in season four for the finale, we was going to have a little extended break. Yep. We had to reevaluate a few things. We had to innovate, come up with a few things, and boy, have we done just that. Level up. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you had caught the recent stream that we dropped on YouTube, that was our WWE reaction show streaming from our new platform, StreamYard. Amazing. Which allows us to post live on youtube and on the new gentlemen's talk facebook group page created by dj micah b if you ain't Cha-cha. following yet you need to get your ass up and hurry up and follow i'm gonna send out invites again tonight yes sir so all of those things are happening of course the website is looking as beautiful as ever um if you guys have been keeping up um your boy mr gq here has been doing a guest spot on uh, from the sidelines podcast, um, the last two weeks I'll be on again tomorrow as well, doing another NFL Cha-ching! special and to drop another GQ bomb on you. We will have one of the hosts of from the sidelines podcast, Justin, will be on with us on a special Saturday gentlemen's lounge episode. So tune in, you're gonna love it. It is going live, so you can tune in and go live when we go live on the tube. So let's be ready for it. Hey, man, I'm excited for this one. You know, uh, I've been keeping up keeping up with their their podcast now. Their podcast is very good. They're a, a very, very well-educated, exceptional podcast. I like it. Oh, excuse me, Micah. Can I get a hold up? God, God damn it. it. You know, this is season five. I am excited. I'm happy to be back here. Lots of stuff to get into today. Yes. But of course, shout out to From the Sidelines. Uh, make sure you follow them. Yep. Like uh, them, subscribe them. They're like, on subscribe. Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. They're there. They're um they're on our YouTube. They're, um, so you'll see them. You'll see me as well. Cause I've been like I said, yep. I've been popping up on their episodes. Fun group, man. Um, he's like I said, Justin's gonna pop up on an episode, and then we're gonna start working on collaborating to where we get a massive stream yard from the sidelines, gentlemen's talk crossover episode coming to you soon. Just can't tell you when. Oh, and by the way, shout out to Joseph and DJ Prime. 100 percent because they helped make that WWE Royal Rumble reaction show epic. Yes. That shit was funny. The energy was on point. And the fact that we continue to tell you guys we do this shit unscripted. Unscripted. So, first of all, five minutes, yeah, five minutes before we went live, we got Joseph asked to bring his ass on. Yeah, like I just texted him and told him, and, hey, click the link. And I told him, I'm not even going to give you a chance to ask him. I'm going to send the link in the group. And, <laughs> I said, and I said, Joseph, bring your ass. Like, that's verbatim yep. what I said in the chat. So, in front of us, ladies and gentlemen, you can't see it because you're not in the studio with us. But I created the first 
official GT Gentlemen's Talk. This is our first official cocktail. Hey, this is the Gentlemen's Lounge special. I worked really hard on this and I wanted to bring something special to the fold. So I'm a big, big fan of whiskey sours. So I took a spin on it. So I'm going to tell you what I did without telling you what I did, but this is what I did. I took Maker's Mark. <laughs> so Maker's Mark is a classic, a classic whiskey for those who, you know, like to sip. I can't always pull out the TX whiskey. Sometimes you got to keep the good stuff where the good stuff is. And then that one been sitting there for a while. Everybody who knows what a whiskey sour is, you know what's in it. I put a spin on it because the sour that I used this time was actually a spicy blend sour. I know this because as soon as DJ Michael B took a sip of it, his, his face told me everything I need to know about this drink. But for those who also know me and my bartending ability, I have a few little special bottles here and a few little tricks of the trade that I like to add to things to add a little zing-zang to my drinks. There you go. So that's what I did. I came up with it. DJ Michael B, your initial reaction to the drink. Man, look, I took a sip and I was like, oh, that's fucking amazing. Um, and then I asked that. if you had ginger in it because it had a little spice kick to it. And you're like, no, not a, no, it's not ginger, but I have a spicy margarita mix. And uh, hey, well done, because this really caught me off guard. And um, Damn, that is good. I, 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 I didn't This is me live on the air. This is me sipping it for the I first time. I told you, this shit was good. That's why I was like, man, I could down this damn thing. It's good. Well, hey, cheers to you. Mm-hmm. Cheers to season five. We are off. Without a hitch. Yes, sir. I just knew the drink was going to be good, so I made a carafe brunch style. Yeah, this man, bro, let me tell y'all, this man actually has a carafe on the table. Granted, I just learned how to say the word carafe. I always see it when I go to brunch. So for the people out there that are slow like me, it's, it's pronounced carafe. That is the exact pronunciation, uh, the correct pronunciation, rather. So... We have a loaded show today. Um, 100%. We were supposed to record last night and schedules conflicted, so we pushed it back to today. But boy, are we happy that we got to push it back because of everything that has happened in the last... Uh, if you go back to the Kyrie Irving thing, probably what, uh, four days? Yeah. Yeah. Um, needless but, to say... um. Woj and Shams was going toe to toe. The final, yeah. the final score was eleven to ten. By the way, Woj beat Ooh. Shams by one. And boy, but ladies and gentlemen, of course you are not sleeping under a rock, so you are all too familiar with what we are talking about. Kevin Durant has moved to his third team. Is this his third team now? Is nice fourth? Fourth. Okay, see, yeah. Golden OKC, State, Golden Brooklyn, State, Brooklyn, and, and now, now Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah, fourth team. Damn. Never thought I'd see that happen. Not like not like this. And not like that. Um, like, it's I don't know. What was your initial reaction? Cause I know you I think you said you saw it. I saw it and I sent it to you. And I was like, bruh, what the fuck did I just wake up? To? Oh, okay. So I uh I was asleep last night and my phone just bzz, 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 and I woke up and I was like, man, is somebody calling? What the hell is going on? And I looked at my phone. And I saw Kevin Durant to the Suns. I said, okay, so they probably gave up. I, I said, okay, so Chris Paul about to do a DeAndre Ayton out of there. Because, you know, DeAndre Ayton and uh, Coach Monty Williams were at odds. Then when I opened and read the details, 
my mind went completely crazy. I was like, how in the hell did you keep Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton, and then added Kevin Durant? You had to trade your bench away? You had to trade your bench away. Jay Crowder, uh, Cam Johnson, and Miles Br- uh, I'm sorry. Mikael Bridges. Sorry, yeah. Ron Bridges. But that's unfortunate because I like I like Mikael Bridges a lot. I love Mikael Bridges. And I like Cam Johnson. I, I like them both. I do. I mean, and uh, and I'm glad. I'm happy for Jay Crowder because he wanted to get out of there anyway. But did you see what happened to Jay Crowder after he got traded? Yeah, he, he went got, to Milwaukee. He got traded and traded again. And I was like, bro. Milwaukee, Somebody is trying to break the record that Trevor Ariza set. Milwaukee low-key ended up kind of stealing a very, very okay, good player. So I was definitely going to I was going to definitely ask you this. What do you think is the most underrated trade of them all? And my pick was Jay Crowder to Milwaukee. And the reason why it was Jay Crowder to Milwaukee, for those of you that don't know, Jay Crowder is a very good defender. He's a very good defender. He's a he's a three and D guy, and he's been a part of multiple finals teams. And, and he was, and, with, he was yeah. with Miami. He was with Phoenix. Yep, like he's done this championship experience. Um, no, I like him a lot. Um, he could fit on any team he goes to. I do, I do like that trade a lot. Um, I also would tell you not to sleep on the um, uh, the Patoli trade. Yeah, that, that happened for Toronto. Yeah. So by Toronto uh, solving a major void that they had, which was center, that helped that helped out that helped that team out a lot. Now I'm not telling you that that's gonna like push the Raptors over the top, but it is a it is a it is an important move of note. Um, I think another one that goes underneath is that the Lakers finally got a center so they can yeah. finally move Anthony Davis. That Mo, that Mo Bamba. Yes. Which was crazy. And then do you, you, and you, you traded away. Well, you traded away Bryant. And you traded away Patrick. was unhappy. And you traded away Patrick Beverly, which you needed to. And, of course, the most important part of this trade is you got rid of Russell, Will, Russell Westbrook finally. Uh, yeah. And, and not only that, uh, you got D'Angelo Russell. Back. You back. Back. And not, not just that. You you got some really good wing players. I'm not gonna lie to you. When I first saw the trade for the Lakers, I was like, "Oh, this this changes the whole thing. Maybe maybe the Lakers can make a push and get to the finals." And then a couple hours later, the hammer drops for KD being traded to the Suns. I'm like, "Oh crap! Okay, things are getting really interesting." Um, yeah, but I I do like the the reloading that the Lakers did. Mm-hmm. They're still only five games out. Love a five hundred. So they, it's not, and and we know how the West, the West just I, got that much crazy. I, I think they're only two games. I think I saw on ESPN they're only two games back from the six seed. So um, they'll be able to make up ground quick. Granted, Anthony Davis actually stays healthy. Well, and happy for that matter, because clearly, apparently, he's been unhappy. But whatever, that's not even important. Well, he right was now. only unhappy because he didn't think the team they had assembled was actually going to do anything, which is absolutely true. They yeah. sucked. They, so. Another trade that I think that I, I really felt like went under the radar was the Cam Reddish trade. Crazy to me. Yeah. Cam Reddish, because I, t- I sent it to you. Yeah. I was like, wait, for Josh Hart and a, I was like, what? Yeah. Like, like I didn't understand it because I was like, you traded away Cam Reddish in a first for Josh Hart. And I was like. Still. Yeah, because I like Cam Reddish a lot. I think Cam Reddish is a damn good player. Like that's and, and, not and, Cam Reddish was on that that uh that Duke team. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Cam Reddish was on that Duke team uh with Zion and R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett, yeah, yeah, he's the third guy. Yeah, 
Yeah, Cam Reddish, Cam Reddish can ball. Um, no, hundred percent. Um, so that happened, and now let's talk about the arguably the richest team in the NBA now, the Utah Jazz. Yeah, fifteen picks. Yep, fifteen over the next seven years. That is ridiculous. And if they don't do anything with those picks, flip them for more players, whatever. But I didn't realize that Danny Ainge was also over there. Yeah, he is. And D-Wade is part of that ownership group. He is. And I was like, Celtics 2.0? Maybe. I mean, as long as it isn't the... um. Can, but, but my whole thing is... They needed to get those picks. And the reason why they need to get those picks, who in the hell is a superstar free agent that'd be like, you know what? I'm going to go to Utah. Mind you, the last two star players they had with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, both drafted yeah. by them. And neither are there now. No. Now, it's worth of noting, too, there are a lot of, on those 15 picks, there are a lot of pick swaps. But there are also a lot of unprotected picks. There are. And that's what people kind of like lose sight of. Um, so who do you think was the biggest loser from the NBA trade deadline? The biggest loser, uh, surprisingly, I'm going to pick a team that wasn't involved in any trade talks or I'm not going to say they weren't involved, but a team that, that made no moves. I think the biggest loser is Chicago. And the reason why I think Chicago's the biggest loser, they could have gotten a haul for Zach Levine. They could have gotten a haul for DeMar DeRozan. They could have got a nice size package for Nikola Vucevic. Um, I don't think they, but I think they want to keep, they want to keep DeRozan and Vucevic for the future. I really thought Levine was getting traded. I thought DeRozan looked, was getting it, traded. It looked it looked like well they they wanted they if they decided they were going to keep DeRozan over Levine so I figured Levine was on the move. Don't be surprised if Levine is on the move in the offseason though. Not only that, uh I feel like also as a player DeMar DeRozan is the biggest loser because Chicago is going nowhere fast and he's stuck yeah. like he was and I hate to say like this in San Antonio. Um he has a a very good post player and, yeah. and in San Antonio he had LaMarcus Aldridge not a superstar level player to play with. And not to mention, Lonzo is still not stepped foot on the court. Well, yeah. So, my biggest loser is Ben Simmons. Why? Because Ben Simmons got traded from Philly to play with a loaded team to now being the only noteworthy star on that team. Okay. Quote, unquote. When I say star, uh, yeah, because remember what Ben, you know, I just just the whole situation. Yeah, yeah, I got you. And now all of a sudden, no, no James Harden, no Kevin Durant, no Kyrie Irving. Like now, the crazy thing is that Brooklyn Nets team is a really deep team. Yeah, they're, they're loaded with good they're players. Literally, like one superstar player away, like. And I said this to somebody. We were talking about this. Uh, we were talking about this um, the other uh, yesterday. I was like, if you were to have swapped Kevin Durant and LeBron James, LeBron James would have that Brooklyn team in a, in a top three spot in the East. I do believe so because they they are those are the kind of players LeBron plays likes to play with. Spencer Dinwiddie is back. Spencer um, Dinwiddie, Seth Curry, Patty Mills, yeah, guys bro. like that. 
The only difference, the only thing I think the, that that team would have needed, if you were to swap those two, is bringing a better guard. Like, maybe bringing a Chris Paul. With that type of team. I don't think Chris Paul would be opposed to going to Brooklyn with LeBron if LeBron was actually no, there. No, and I, so. I think, because I'm not, and I'm, that's not like a slight at like Patty Mills and those yeah, other yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to give LeBron a certain type of guard, well, and Brooklyn yeah. doesn't have that yet. I, I will say, uh, but I do like the young man though. The, the the guy they tried to compare it to the whole Lin Sanity thing. Um, I picked him up on our in our fantasy league. Um, dude mm. dropped 40, 41, 40 like and forty one. Um, uh, uh, God, dog, I was reading up on him today, and I, I done I done forgot his name. Uh, cause I didn't I didn't even know it happened, and I was like, yo, who is this guy? Oh, uh, Sorry, got it. Cam Thomas. Cam another, Thomas. Another guy that, yeah. So Cam Thomas, who, by the way, currently has 20 points. Wow. In there. See, oh, okay. Brooklyn just beat Chicago. He dropped 20. So he didn't drop 40 this time. But it's okay. He still helped my fantasy team out. That's still pretty good, though, because that's a that, that's 100 points in yeah. three games. He already passed 100 points. He had three 40-point games. Oh, yeah, but I'm just talking, I'm talking yeah, about yeah. the three three consecutive games. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, well, even still, he's averaged yeah. he's averaged like 40 points a game. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Over four games. Yeah. Like, that's a stupid stat. It's kind of like whatever James Harden was doing when he was on fire for that, like, little bit. Yeah, well. You know, but that's what I got from that. Um, I'm not – I'm not upset that Miami didn't trade Kyle Lowry because I do think we'll be busy in the buyout market. There's a lot of now. I'm glad we traded to uh traded away Deadman and the Spurs waived him today. Um, oh, we didn't talk about Eric Gordon, your boy. Yeah, you know the what? The Clippers low key kind of loaded up too. I'm not going. You know what? Um, Eric Gordon leaving was bittersweet for me. Yeah. Because even before he was on the Rockets, I was a big Eric Gordon oh, yeah. fan. Oh, I know. Um, when he was with the Clippers, he was. Ball when he was and it was uh New Orleans after when he was in New Orleans when he was healthy in New Orleans anyway, he was balling. Uh man, I I I I am a big fan of Eric Gordon. You know, um, just every every so often, just this one player comes around, and it just that that player just sticks with you. Eric Gordon happens to be one for me. Drew Holiday happens to be another for me. Um, Vucevic, as you know, in fantasy, I drafted Vucevic every single year for like six years yeah. when he was in Orlando. Um, just, I just, I, I am a person that, for me to like you, I don't, you don't have to be a superstar like a lot of people think. I just, I, I like to see effort. I love to see people at hoop. Like if, like. Yeah, you got your superstars. If you go to the court and LeBron James is there and you got your chance to pick up LeBron James or Eric Gordon, you're going to pick up LeBron James. 100%. But you go to the court and there's a whole bunch of NBA players there and, you see, and I see Eric Gordon, I'm going to be like, well, hell, Eric Gordon, hey, I know he going to hoop. I'm going to take Eric Gordon every time. Uh, you know what I'm saying? You, you just got players that just stick with you. Like I yeah. tell you, Drew Holland, another one that stuck with me, even though he gets disrespected now that he's out the league and everybody's like, oh, he... He's the only person that think he was ever a star player. For me, I would pick Steven Jackson every single day of the week, bro. Oh, yeah. That's a hooper. Him, Gerald Green, those are hoopers. Like, you, you know what I'm saying? So, man, uh, yeah, I love Eric Gordon. Uh, it sucked that he had to leave my team, but at at this point, uh, Eric Gordon was unhappy. The Rockets weren't happy keeping, keeping hold on to Eric Gordon. But let's talk about this because – 
Here's my question to you. Go for it. What the hell is going on with these second round picks like you asked me before the show? Because it seemed like everybody was giving a four and five and six second round picks yesterday. I was like, oh, this person got traded. He probably got traded for another player and a future first round pick or something. Nope. Four second round picks. What the hell? I have no fucking clue. I can't I just, figure it out. I just know a bunch of trades happened. Five second round pick, five second round pick, four. So I was like, did I miss something? Like, like it made no sense because I was like, why are we just giving up all these? Now, of course, it's not like you know these these you you gave up like your next five years worth of second round picks, unless you're one of them teams that had some extra second round picks too for like the upcoming draft or two. But still, where? Is that how we're valuing, I'm going to call them mid-level players? Instead of, you know, just giving up a couple picks, we're going to get five, four, a bunch of seconds. Like, I know that doesn't, on the surface, it's like, oh, man, that's like, it's kind of dumb. But I'm like, think about it. That is five picks over the next five years Yep. to help you build your franchise or to help you you know, add to trade value or add to potential trades or whatever the case might be. That's how I looked at it because it was like, okay, so like, I know, like, unlike the unlike the NFL, the NBA and Colin Cowherd said it kind of perfectly. He summed it up in a way that made a lot of sense. He said, "I'm more reluctant to give up a a second, a high second or third round NFL pick than I am a second or third round NBA pick." Yeah, and he said, "Well." So the reasoning was, in the in the in the NFL, I know I'm getting a guy that's got at least we'll say two, maybe three years of college. He's been on campus. He's he's matured. Whereas in the NBA, I'm probably going to get a 19 year old kid who hasn't even grown into his man body, who hasn't even matured yet, and I have no idea what I'm actually going to get from that said player. So why do I need to hang on to a draft pick like that when I can package a bunch of picks to get a veteran proven commodity? That's true, but granted, given the amount of second round picks that have actually panned out these true, past but, couple but of years, um, this is true. But but your your upper echelon win now championship teams aren't thinking about that kind of stuff. Of course, An example A: the Lakers, because the Lakers just they just the Lakers at this point have mortgaged their whole future. They've mortgaged on, the next seven years they don't, I don't think they have a pick now until they don't have a first round pick till I think 2029 or something yeah, it's, it's ridiculous like 20, 28 or 29 yeah yeah well no so that 2027 pick that they traded is actually a protected pick okay so if it becomes a top four I think if it becomes a top four pick um somehow the Lakers end up with like additional draft picks or some shit it's it's, it's these draft picks are weirdly written in the NBA like I don't have a full grasp on them, but good Lord, I was trying to keep up. Thank God. And I couldn't. Like, that shit was confusing. I was like, bro, I got to, like, that's like some college homework. I have to, like, sit down and read on some of this shit because protected versus unprotected. I'm so lost with a lot of this shit. But my understanding is a protected pick is on the off chance that that pick becomes a lottery pick, then that team doesn't. Lose that, like it's like that. Pick. Well, I, I understand how the protected works. Yeah, but it's just the fact that then then the pick swaps too. The pick swaps is another one. The pick swap is similar. Like if it turns into like a now 
So the pick swap is like if it turns into a, a uh, I think a lottery, yeah, just lottery then, period, then it's yeah, a swap. And I'm like, what the fuck? So it's like, it's it's literally like playing the lottery with draft picks. Yeah, because like, so you did a pick swap, but like, eh, like if you trade, if you do a pick swap with the right team, shit, they ain't gonna be good in the next couple of years. Shit, we're gonna get a nice pick out of that. Like you know, like Brooklyn, like. The Rockets own the own the Brooklyn Nets for the next five years because of the pick swaps and the first round picks. You, you know what? Shout out to uh, what I forgot his first name, but Stone is is it Raphael? I think I think Raphael Stone, the GM for the Rockets. That that is the this dude for for the James Harden trade literally called this shit on the money when he made that trade because I am. Close to certain that Brooklyn, within the next three years, will give up two lottery picks because they just lost. They 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 lost both superstars and and I'm I'm not going to refer to Ben Simmons as a superstar no matter what he's, anybody says. Ben Simmons is a guy. He's he he's 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 a good player. That's it. Yeah, he's a guy. Um, do they? You know you know what Brooklyn reminds me of right now? They remind me of the Rockets in that stretch from. When Tracy McGrady and Yao Ming both left, and they were just very competitive, and then they finally put a whole bunch of good pieces together and traded for James Harden. Yeah. So, I'm not knocking Brooklyn, but the Rockets were right there 14, 15, 16 every single year. And I don't think Brooklyn is going to want to do that. They're going to want to reset and rebuild. So, they're probably going to start trading away pieces but if I'm a in the offseason. But if, if I'm a superstar player and I watch how they handled – the Kyrie and the Kevin Durant situation, why would I want to go to Brooklyn? Like, what about Brooklyn is appealing outside of, oh, bringing Brooklyn his first championship? Jay-Z's your owner. That's the only thing I can think of. But that would that, but think about the generation of kid. Most of these kids don't know Jay-Z like of we course, know Jay-Z. Well, you asked, so I'm just saying, that's the, that's yeah. the only thing I can think of. But I'm like, because I don't think... Oh, the stadium is new. How about that? Yeah, but... I don't think a lot of these players are, are fans of Josiah after watching all this. Brooklyn is a very for for, for what it's worth though. Um Kyrie kind of fucked himself. Um Yes, 100%. He not not showing up to work and not doing his damn job and people really he, he fucked the future of the NBA and he don't and him and Ben Simmons together. Oh yeah, you best believe that collective bargaining oh, agreement. Oh boy. That's a whole ass other conversation that we'll have. Pay for play is going to be back because of those two. Um, 100%. The fact that I don't knock Kyrie for holding out. You know, somebody was like, well, Kyrie missed a whole bunch of games because he refused to get vaccinated. I'm not knocking him for refusing to get vaccinated. I didn't get vaccinated. Whatever. So I'm not going to get on to him for not getting vaccinated. It's your right whether or not you want to get vaccinated. What I am going to get on to you for is if I had my job and I refused to get vaccinated, I would have gotten fired after so long of not getting vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And it's illegal, especially in Texas, at will firing. Um, but because you're an NBA player and you're guaranteed money, this and that, they can't fire you. Not only that, people tend to overlook the beginning of Kyrie's Brooklyn tenure because people forget he disappeared for like 25 days, no contact, no nothing, but he's on social media, this and that. With the, he, he wasn't re- nothing. He just decided, I'm not going to practice. I'm not going to play 25 straight days, 25, 30 straight days. What the hell are you doing? 
What what is going on? And none of us can do that. Oh, I damn sure can't do that. And there'll be a there'll be a fucking warrant out for my arrest. Yeah, you'd go AWOL. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So I mean, when people say, but look, look what they did for Kevin Durant. Well, that's because when Kevin Durant was healthy, Kevin Durant got out there and played basketball. Yeah, big difference. Big difference. You did right by us, and Kyrie did wrong by you, and Kyrie did wrong by us. We're not going to reward him. So, yeah. And where it gets murky is like with Ben Simmons' situation because we don't know the extent of his back injury and his mental health stuff. Like, there was a lot that happened with the saga known as Ben Simmons. Yeah. But it doesn't. It add. It did add fuel to the fire for this pay pay to play stuff. It just did. It it give it gave the NBA more reason to be like, you know what? These NBA players got these massive contracts, pardon, but they're not playing. They're not showing up. You know, I'm actually surprised that they haven't cracked down on like because I don't know if you've seen this, but I've seen a lot more load management this year than a lot of other years. And I thought they were trying to crack down on load management. They're not trying to crack down on damn load management. Because I've been saying that. I see star players, oh, you know, they say injury this or there's another word they use. It's not even load management. There's another word that they use. I just can't remember what it is right now. But it's like something maintenance or some shit. I don't know. But I was like, okay, so y'all found a new word for load management. But I still I, think it's short in the season. You've, we've, we're not going to get into that because DJ Micah B laid out a phenomenal solution to that problem and even the problem is even if they went with your exact solution I still feel like there would be players that wouldn't play a full season of course um, the fact of the matter is I think I what, what's it Charles Barkley I think Charles Barkley or Shaq said this and they, he said, no they both did no no no, no no I'm about to I'm about to I'm about to say say a quote that one of them I think it's Charles Barkley said this he said the problem with the NBA right now is Back in the 80s and 90s, you actually, and the early 2000s, you actually had to work to become a millionaire. Now, because of the TV deals and things like that, the 15th player on the bench on your practice squad could be a millionaire within three, within three years, not even playing a single NBA game. Yeah. And you don't have to grind for the money. You just don't have to at this point. It, it, I'm, you know, not knocking the players say they didn't grind to get to the NBA, but I but mean, you, it just getting to the NBA is not the end of the end of the game. Of course, but I'm just saying because if back in the day, uh, let's say somebody who was a very good player that wasn't a superstar in let's say the '90s, um, let's go with uh, Larry Nance. Okay, Larry Nance Sr. Okay. Larry Nance Sr. Not a superstar, but a very good player. Larry Nance Sr. might have signed a contract for four thousand dollars. Right? Yeah. Four to five thousand dollars, let's say over three years. Cool. So fifteen fifteen million. Fifteen million over three years. Imagine if Larry Nance played today. As good as he averaging, let's say eleven and ten. 11 and 10 is getting you a 14 million, 15 million dollar contract these days. Yep. And, 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 and that's per year, not even, I mean, like, no knock to Tobias Harris, because I like Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris is a guy that averages about 17 a game and signed a five year, $180 million contract. 
there's a lot of guys that max out at that much <laughs> if they get a max contract. It is utterly like it's just it, it's ridiculous. And and with with the contracts being guaranteed, whether you're hurt or not, and, and unless you're in Zion's case, of course. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Wh- wh- whether you're hurt or not, you're guaranteed this money. You don't even have to play all 82 games unless it's written in your contract. You have to play this many games to get your money. It, it's yeah. crazy. But I'm curious to see how when it's time to talk about and go through the CBA and stuff, how the language is going to be written. I'm thinking pay for play. Like, if, if you don't play, you don't get your salary that game. So, like the NFL. Hell yes. You get a game check. That's, that, that's, that's how you solve the problem. You go back. Like, look, we're going to pay you $19 million a season over this as long as you're playing this many games. If you play 82 games, you're going to get your full 19. If not, you get this much per game you play. Plain and simple. They're going to have to do that. It, it, it just... Another thing the NBA needs to institute is a hard salary cap. Please get rid of this. You can go over the salary cap to sign a player because he's already on your team. No, you shouldn't be able to. No. The lu- uh, luxury tax thing, right? Well, even before, I mean, you can still go over and not have to pay luxury tax because luxury taxes, you go over a certain percent. Oh, I thought that's how you ended up paying a luxury tax. It was, was Yeah, go, go, going over the salary cap is how you pay a luxury tax. But if that person... If if you're under if you're under the sal if you're under the salary cap and you got to go over the salary cap to sign a person with bird rights, you're not going to pay a luxury tax. If you're within, I think it's like twenty percent. If you go over twenty percent, then you have to pay the luxury tax. Tracking. But if you sign somebody that's not on your team and you go over, you're going to immediately pay the luxury tax because you don't own own that person's bird rights. So and and I I hate that about the NBA. I've always hated that about the NBA. They need a hard salary cap. They really freaking do. Yeah, no, I'm and I'm with it. A hard cap would make way too much sense. And that's why it hasn't happened yet. That's you know, true. Yeah. All right, let's pivot. I saw this, and <laughs> when I saw it, because I listened to, so um, I've been on the road a lot this week. So on one of my road trips this week, I listened to I've been watching all the Super Bowl stuff. Yeah. And um so I listened to the what do they call it? The State of the League address. Okay. Roger Goodell's forty five minute yeah. thing. State of the Union address for the NFL pretty much. That's exactly what it is. Um so something that came up and the reason I bring that up is because it involves a particular team. It involves the Washington Commanders. Dan Snyder. The guy who's been forced to sell the team is asking for seven billion dollars for the Washington Commanders. That's more than the Broncos just sold for. Because I think the Broncos sold for like six point one or some shit, six point one, six point two, some crazy ass number like that. He's asking for seven billion, and I looked. I did. I looked at this article and I'm like in what fucking universe are the Washington commanders worth seven billion dollars they're not even the most valuable team in their own division you're in a you're con- I think Washington is considered a small market too if I'm not mistaken it is because okay. of, of D.C. So 
The other three teams in your division are in major markets. New York, Philadelphia, and Dallas, a.k.a. Texas. Major markets. Washington, you are one of one. There are you, the Wizards, and the Nationals. And whatever your hockey team is. I don't remember what it's called. I can't I, remember I what think, it's called. Oh, the Capitals. The Capitals, the Capitals. yeah. What are Go the figure. Odds? <laughs> that is it. You are one of one in your own fucking middle, little market. And you want $7 billion for your team. A team that has only been relevant through controversy because there is still an ongoing investigation into your toxic-ass work environment to a point where the owner has to step down and your wife is running daily operations. You're not even allowed on the fucking premises right now. But you want $7 billion for your team. Your initial thoughts on that. Now, okay, sorry, before I... I'm not sitting there saying that you need to that the commander should be sold for like a bill. Of course. Like I'm not saying that, but I'm just like, if you were to let me choose, hey, would you rather buy the Denver Broncos for seven million dollars? Would you rather buy the Washington Commanders? I'm obviously taking the Denver Broncos. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like that's where my head goes with that type of thing. I would say, um The owner can try and sell it for whatever the hell he wants to. I mean, uh fact of the matter is you have to sell the team, and the market will be established by the people who want to buy it. Um, so the funny thing is the one, the main person that was rumored is Jeff Bezos. So here's, Jeff Bezos got too much damn money. So he here, just, but here's why most likely Jeff Bezos won't get it. Jeff Bezos, and I learned this by reading more than this article, Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post. Did you know that? Hell no. Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post, and the Washington Post has been the main source of information that has been writing all the articles and everything about the Washington Commanders and all the slander and negativity going on. <laughs> wow. And I was like, you gotta be shitting me. So I, when I tell you I deep-dived into this shit, because I was like, bruh, first of all, I did not even know that Jeff Bezos owned the goddamn Washington no. Post. And when I found out, I was like, bro, what doesn't Jeff Bezos own? Like, Bro, you own the Washington Post? Like, <laughs> like I feel... I feel... Actually, I feel kind of honored. I'm not going to lie to you. Because I do... There is a Washington Post article out there that is that I am in that was written about me and my team during Hurricane Harvey. Very nice. So I was like, damn. Hey, man, Jeff Bezos owns that. Shout out to Jeff. And there's an article out there about the National Guard during Hurricane Harvey that involves my Guardians team. Shout out to the Guardians. Y'all know who y'all are. Y'all know we did great things during that mission. But, yeah, that's how I felt when I was reading that article. And I was like, he wants $7 billion. Now, he's going to be forced to sell, but I don't know who else would come in to try to, you know, meet that price. I don't know who would come in for $7 million, but um, they're not more valuable than the Cowboys, obviously. The Cowboys are... Uh, Top five most valuable franchises for whatever reason. I have no idea, but whatever. Um, no, they are the. They are the. They. I mean, they. They. They're the number. They're the NFL. I don't know if they're the number. Well, they must have just passed Manchester United because Manchester United was it forever. They. they um, are the. I look. This. This came up on the boardroom. I sent it to you. 
Whatever. They're not the most valuable. No, to me. but I understand mm-hmm. what you're saying. Um, but, but like I said, they're not even the most valuable in their own division. That's that. Yeah. Uh, that's unfortunate for the for for sports fans everywhere. Um, but I tell you what, I would love for them is I would love this if. All right, this is the only time you're gonna hear me make a, a a suggestion or a conversation like this. This is if anybody's gonna do something like this. This is where I would love to see a black owner come in. Oh, Washington D.C. is Chocolate City. Hey, I'm just saying of That's all possible city. of all possible franchises to buy with a toxic ass work environment, bring in black ownership and watch what happens to that toxic work environment. Come on, LeBron, get your team together, man. Oh my God, you've been wanting to own a sports team. Come on, dude. I, I mean, he he, he does he does he owns part of uh the soccer team. Uh, uh I can't yeah. think. Of, um, is it is it uh the, the, it, the it, LA LA Galaxy? LA, yeah, there it is. LA Galaxy. Look, I'm just saying, Magic, LeBron. I don't think Magic is going to do anything outside of Los Angeles. I'm not going to lie to you. Hey. Um, he, I mean, well, he has. I think he has. Does he have stake? I know. I don't know if he has stake in the. I think it's the Chargers. It might be the Chargers. I don't know. I got to look. He has a lot of stake in a lot of professional teams he does. in California. But, I mean, if LeBron get with the right people, why not? I would, bless you, I would definitely love to see a team of black former superstars um, so, with, from yeah. any sport just get together even, and go Even for if it. it's a situation like Green Bay that has, like, an ownership group type of thing. Yeah, well, Green Bay is owned by the city. Well, yeah, it's owned by shares and investors. But like, yeah. if you can get a team, whether it's a combination of black athletes, black musicians, and businessmen, moguls, why not? I mean, just imagine if you put together, to quote, to be kind of cliche, a super team. LeBron James, Jay-Z. Michael Jordan. Michael J- oh, man. Jay-Z. Uh, like just, I'm saying, just think about like if something like 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 a, a coalition of notable of notable black billionaires collectively coming together. Hell, throw, sprinkle Tiger Woods in that motherfucker. I don't care. Oh, that would be be- that would be but beautiful. Sprinkle in Serena Williams too. But then just imagine if they did that, right? And bought the Washington Commanders. It's it's a it's a massive stepping stone. And we talked about this toxic work environment shit. I guarantee that shit wouldn't happen. Not with not with these kind of people. Well, here, here here's here's my question though, right? You could do all that, but you know, at uh, how would the good old boys feel about lending a black ownership group? Doesn't matter. Well, money, I, money money talks. That that's true. But I'm just saying they all still vote on whether they can own whether they own that's the true, team or not. But so, at some point, somebody got to get in. Michael Jordan would be the perfect candidate to finally get in. I don't know about the perfect candidate. There's probably like another former NFL player we're not thinking about just yet, but Well, I'm just saying when when, when I say the perfect candidate, he's well known, he's liked in pretty much every circle. Yeah. Every every sports circle. So I think Michael Jones would be the perfect candidate. If he could put an ownership group together, even if he's not the major the the holder. reason the reason I would I would rather it be a guy like LeBron is because everything that LeBron has done off the court. Now, I'm not saying that Jordan hasn't done that, but look at LeBron's marketing stuff, his production team. Like, he's done all this from the ground up. So, one thing I know that LeBron would do is he's not a, he's he he loves the game of football, but the daily operations, oh, he's going to go find the right people. 
his team will go find the people to run the organization. But what it does is gives you a chance to bring in more faces. I want to, yeah, yep, that's you. Hey, like that's just that's where my head goes. I think that. I think part of the problem with with LeBron is that he's still very much an active player. No, true. So as long as he's an active player, I don't think it'll happen. Um, but I mean, even if I was an active player and you have a chance to do this, I mean, there, there's nothing saying that you can't be a professional athlete and be a majority owner of a team. So, yeah, I mean, he already has own, like I said, he has ownership in, you know, team in, in a team already. So it's like, you know, it's not RIP Kobe. This would be something perfect for Kobe to jump on if he was still Boy, alive. What man, I would just love to see that, but. Staying on this NFL topic, let's talk about the big game this weekend. Okay. Um, if you guys missed it at the beginning of the show, on Saturday we will do a special recap of the NFL Honors because obviously the NFL Honors is currently going on. I've already kind of been reading it, seeing what's what, but we'll talk about it on Saturday with our special guest, Justin, and uh, we'll give you guys our reactions and our thoughts and our feelings about that, but we're going to talk about the game. Yeah. Sunday. Yeah. Last time I checked, it was still the Eagles favored by uh, a one and a half, as one and, one and a half, half point favorite. So that hasn't changed. I listened to ESPN today, uh, ninety-seven five, and I can't remember the dude's name, but he has a big, big play in Vegas, uh, going on in numbers, and he said by this weekend he expects us to be up to two. So that's a small jump. Yeah. Depending on the injury report coming out from Kansas City, so and Philadelphia. Both quarterbacks are nicked up. Like, we, we just kind of forget. Yeah. But talking about this game, I'm excited. I'm excited because this is probably one of the hardest Super Bowl choices I've ever had to make. Because normal years, I'm like, oh, okay, bet. I already know who I'm going to pick. Like, you know, because the way the matchups are set up, you know, I start doing my football thing. This matchup has so many things that could go right or wrong for either team that could tip the scales for the other team. Like, this is going to be one of the first times as a one for me of being a Patriots fan is already, like, you know, weird. But, like, this is the time where we've got two teams that are, like, I don't even know the word I'm looking for. Like, this, you have the, the two number one seeds from the respective conferences, which is a big deal. Says a lot about the playoff setup. Obviously, the two teams that got the bye took care of business. Both teams needed the bye desperately, given the situations that happened. Well, mm -hmm. I think Mahomes happened in the AFC Championship. It did. Uh, in the ankle injury. Yep. But Jalen Hurts has happened before the, before the end of the season. So they needed that break. And he obviously didn't look 100% whenever he played. But, you know. He, he got still, the job done. He got the job done. He still ran. He still did what he had to do. And they took care of business against San Francisco. A lot has been said about the Eagles' offensive line being the best, and the um, the pass rush of both teams has been talked about a lot. Uh, Chris Jones being talked about because he was Chris Jones is the one we were talking about for Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't think of his name. Yes, but um, wreaking havoc all over the field. So it's like missed you know, opportunity by Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Oh my God, just just egregious, just fucking egregious, bro. Oh my goodness. I could have threw something in my TV that day. I said, are you freaking kidding me? <sighs> yeah. 
offensively, as far as your skill players go, I mean the edge, the edge in the receivers goes to the Eagles. Obviously, tight end it goes to Kansas City. That's not even a debate. Quarterback, it goes to Kansas City. I still think it's close, but I think obviously it goes because the experience of Patrick Mahomes and being in the Super Bowl already. And, and five AFC championships. Yeah, so it's like, you know, the edge goes there. But then offensive line goes to the Eagles. Um, secondary definitely goes to the Eagles because the Chiefs are toting out rookies who have played a little over 2,000 total snaps um, this season. Defensive um, line. Pass rush, that one's a little different. That one's a little interesting. But I'm going to give the edge to Kansas City on the pass rush. Ooh, um, whoa. I wasn't expecting to hear that. Wow. Chris Jones got 11 and a half sacks. That's cool. But um, I know Chris Jones has 11 and a half, but what about the rest of the line? Because I just, I, did you hear? I said pass rush. I didn't say D-line. I said pass rush. Okay, well, the pa- okay, well pass rush on now on, on, about on the, the Eagles side. The, um, the D-line as a whole? Oh, it's not even close because the depth that the Eagles have I, I mean, is, is I mean, dumb. I mean, Right. So if, if, if we just talking about the respective fronts, who do you think has the edge? And I still, th- I think the Eagles have the edge in pass rush because they're going to put pressure on Patrick Mahomes. I just, I do not believe in Kansas City offensive line as much as a lot of people do. I just, I don't think they've seen a pretty good matchup like the Eagles have. I mean, I think everybody, everybody on the Eagles off, uh, offensive line, on defensive line, has over eight sacks for the season. I think Fletcher Cox has the lowest sack count for the season. I think his his is eight. Everybody has more. So. That's 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 pretty that's pretty insane for a pass rush. I don't know. I'm still I might lean with the Eagles on pass rush. Fair enough. Um, but yeah. if you're just going by defensive end, well, yeah, I give the edge to Chris. But yeah, but if you go, yeah, you give me D D line, it, it has to go to the Eagles because one of the Eagles' backup defensive linemen is Indomitian Sue. Yeah, like Indomitian Sue already won a Super Bowl with Tampa Bay, like. And he's been around the NFL for like I think he's like a twelve years. It's so crazy to 12, I, twelve or thirteen years. Now? I, I I just remember like you just it just seemed like just yesterday when Dominic and Sue was on the Detroit Lions and he stomped on somebody's leg like, and then he was in Miami. Oh, I forgot about Miami. Oh, he also stepped on somebody in Miami too. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, and then all of a sudden he goes to Tampa and he's fine, didn't cause any problems. Him and J.C. Pierre-Paul was a force. J.P.P. Two-time like, Super Bowl champion. So, like, the depth the depth that the Philadelphia Eagles, like, here, the depth that the Philadelphia Eagles have on their D-line is similar to what the Giants had in their first Super Bowl Ooh, against the Patriots. I'm happy you said because I just told somebody like, this at work on some, yesterday. On some NASCAR package type shit. I, I told one of the drivers at work, I said, it would not surprise me if this is very reminiscent of Tom Brady versus the Giants after their perfect season because that defensive line was so ridiculous. They wreaked havoc on everybody they played that playoff. It would not surprise me if the Eagles came out of this winning like the Giants won. And I don't, I think it's going to be a very close, of course, I think it's going to be more than 17 14, but I think it's going to be a very close game, bro. I do. Uh, a lot closer than most people. I picked 27 23 Eagles. I like that. Um, I like that. I think when when I think Patrick Mahomes will have the ball, the last possession maybe with like three minutes left, 
and I think the Eagles' defensive line will be able to get to get to him on a critical third down play, and probably kneel out the rest of the time when Jalen Hurts is on the field. But I mean, hey, who knows? I am I'm not far off from you on that prediction of the score. I'm calling it 27-31. Very nice. Kansas City? No. Oh, okay. No, I am going with the Eagles in this game. Um. I just I'm just so much of a believer in defense as and that's just who I am. So and we unfortunately we've seen this before. Patrick Mahomes the last Super Bowl. Yeah. A defense ran ram shot on his ass. Yep. And and I'm not taking anything away from Patrick Mahomes, but when you have got a solid secondary, a solid pass rush, and you know, solid players all around, it makes it very difficult for even the best of quarterbacks. Whether you're talking about Mahomes, whether you're talking about Brady, Manning, any of the greats, there's no substitute for a great pass rush. None. Even your mobile quarterbacks like a Mahomes and a Jalen Hurts against a good pass rush. Here's why I'm going to say that. Here's something that people kind of might have forgot about. There was a game that happened this year. The only game this season where the Eagles offensive line was somewhat exposed was against the New Orleans Saints. Cameron Jordan had three sacks in that game. By himself. Cameron Jordan. Want to put that out there. The Saints are not were not that good this year. They weren't. Defense was probably the best part of their team. And Chris Olave. But um but Cam Jordan wreaked havoc against this offensive line by himself. Mm-hmm. I'm not telling you that Chris Jones is going to do the same thing. I'm not telling you that. I think Cam Jordan is a better player than Chris Jones. That's just, I don't even think that's debatable. But maybe to some some people it is. To me, it's not. I need Cam, one game. Cam, yeah. Cam, Cameron Jordan to me is like, here's my comparison. Cam Jordan is the Tim Duncan of the NFL. He is Mr. Consistent. Mm-hmm. He's going to give you this a high number of tackles, a consistent number of sacks, a consistent number of pass deflections, a consistent number of tackles for loss. Like, He's just a he's just a high motor defensive player that is very fucking good. He's the Frank Gore defense. That might be more reserved for Von Miller right now. Mm. Pending obviously the injury thing, but that might be more Von Miller. But I, I like what you did there. But that's I I would give I would somewhat kind of would I give it to Von Miller? I guess real right right now I would give it to Von Miller, just because he's still doing it at his upper. He's a lot. Yep. Oh, he's older. Oh yeah, most definitely. Or or do we give it to Justin Peters, who's older than him? Freaking Justin Peters! I did, oh my goodness! Yeah, like crazy, right? But so obviously we both sounds like we both picked the Eagles. Yep. So I don't think we sound like it. I think both of us are picking the Eagles. So yeah, I we we we're both picking the Eagles. Um, and I think we're both back on pretty much the same same reasons. Um. Mind you, I'm not saying there's there's no way the Chiefs can't win this game. Um, but I think this game is going to show how important uh Tyreek Hill was to this Chiefs offense. Because you really no longer have anybody to take it over the top or exploit any blown coverages. Patrick Mahomes, it all of it has to be on Patrick Mahomes. For blown coverage just to get the ball down the field 50 60 yards so nope that's true i don't i don't i don't think the chiefs i mean 
And then on the flip side, this could be a game where uh God dog, what's uh he pissed me off because he wanted to leave the Giants. Tony. Kadarius Tony. Kadarius who, Tony. Who was listed as healthy today from the injury report. Right. So this He's, might be a game where you involve Kadarius Tony well, more. You have to because Miko Hartman is on injured reserve. Yeah. And they also activated Clyde Edwards Alaire. Oh wow. They yeah. actually just swapped them places. So yeah. So um <laughs> So there's a lot of layers to this game that'll be very interesting. I'm looking forward to it on Sunday. I don't know what you do on Sunday. I know where I'm gonna be on Sunday. I don't know what I'm doing Sunday yet. Shit. I mean, you could always, you know, you can always go with me. I'm going to my brother's house. I mean, he lives in Porter, but you know, where the hell is Porter? What on, the hell? It's on the way to. It's like on the way to uh, Humble. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like okay. from my house is like thirty yeah. minutes or so. So like I said, if you ain't even know yeah, that shit yeah. going on, I mean it'd be me and the me and the baby, but you know. But so I want to keep it on the NFL because I had something come up that I was like I didn't believe it until I read it. So you know we keep seeing all these players like these these star marquee players that have extremely high um, salary cap hits, right? Mm-hmm. Who do you think has the highest cap hit coming into next season? Singular what? player, one player. Is that playing or if they get cut? No, no, no. Just playing? Because of their contract, they have the highest cap hit coming into the next season. Um, How many guesses I get at this? I give you three. Okay. Uh, First one, I will go with Carson Wentz. Not even on this list. Fuck. Um, I just figured somebody would have gave him points. And this is contract. a tie. And mind you, there's, there's 10 players on this list, but. Um, uh, Matthew Stafford? Matthew Stafford is number five on this list. Okay, I know Matthew Stafford did sign a poison pill contract if he got traded. That's why I went with Matthew Stafford. Um, shit. Uh, da -dun. No, it can't be him. Uh, One of these players will not I, be playing with the team this upcoming season because he will be leaving. Uh, Derek Carr. So he's number seven. Oh yeah, yeah. We have a Derek Carr signed a uh, Derek Carr signed a poison pill contract too. He did. His if, cap hit would have been forty three million. Yeah. That, that that's if he leaves, right? Or is that no, if no, he no. stays? No, that, no, That's if he stays. Okay, but I don't. But he's not going to be on the exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm not surprised by that. Not even a little bit because he he did sign a crazy contract where it was he got less up front, but more in the back end. Gotcha. So here are your top ten. 2024 cap hits. These are ranking. I'm going to go from 10 to 1. Okay. Number 10, Russell Wilson at 35.4 million. Not surprised. Aaron Rodgers, number 9, 40.7 million. Not surprised. Number 8, Josh Allen, 40.77 million. Okay. Derek Carr would have been at 43.8 million. Okay. Number 6, Patrick Mahomes at 44.2 million. That's fine. Number 5, Matthew Stafford, 49.5 million. Number 4, Kyler Murray, 51.8 oh, million. Oh, shit. Number three, Dak Prescott, $52.1 million. Number two, big homie, Deshaun Watson at $54.99. And number one, Michael Thomas, $59.4 million. The, the Saints really fucked themselves. I saw it on Twitter, and I was like, Michael Thomas got a $59 million cap hit? And I had to go, I was like, Son of a bitch, he has a $59 million cap hit. So is that all guaranteed, or? That's his salary for the 2024 season. 59? Because remember, so 
ladies and gentlemen, this is what it looks like when you don't when you when you when you kind of essentially don't front load a contract. This is what it looks like on the back end. What you're seeing now, because Deshaun Watson's contract officially takes into effect. Patrick Mahomes' contract officially goes into effect now. Like Kyler Murray's contract officially goes into effect. But now. I feel I feel like Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes, their contracts are pretty much okay for the most part because yeah, I'm not I'm not knocking the contract. Yeah. I'm just saying like my my problem my problem is Michael Thomas is a receiver. <laughs> yeah, so the fact that he has a fifty nine million dollar cap hit. Well, remember, so he signed this contract after the. Um, Hundred and forty eight catch season. Yeah. But I'm 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 not But he's I'm, also been like injured the last what two? Yeah, and I I'm not I'm not knocking Michael Thomas or whatever, but No no I'm I'm all about getting your bag, yeah. but but get healthy. But you gotta do your job too. You gotta get healthy. Like don't if I'm getting if I'm trying to sign a contract like that, I gotta get a hundred percent. Cause I'm trying to show you that I'm worth that bag and possibly more. Me personally, fifty nine point two million dollar yeah, cap bro. for a wide receiver. That's that's a, this is exactly why New Orleans doesn't have a quarterback now. Did you notice that that's the only non quarterback on this list. Yeah, <laughs> I would have never guessed Michael Thomas. I wouldn't have either. No, not no. Like my guesses literally would have been Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, and fucking Patrick Mahomes. Those would have been my guesses. Like those would have been my guesses. Like I forgot Deshaun's contract was that fucking. Good. I did too. Like I kind of um, forgot. And but, and the only reason why I wouldn't have guessed Lamar Jackson is because Lamar doesn't have a fucking contract yet. No. So, but Matthew Stafford, I could have, I would have, like I, I guess Matthew Stafford just because I know, even his run in Detroit, he had big contracts with big back ends. So, uh, you know what? Here you are, people. Uh, even though Patrick Mahomes has a big cap hit this year, it dissipates going on after three years. So I think he has three. I think it was like three cap, three big cap hits, and then it yep. goes down after because they they mid. I guess you could call it mid loaded his contract. Yeah. So that's why it was a team friendly contract because it's it's supposed to go back down once they anticipate Travis Kelsey finally retiring during that time frame. So that's why he signed the team friendly contract. Yeah. Yep. So. I'm going to take a slight pivot okay. from the NFL and go to the XFL. Yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, because we are in the great, great state of Texas, yep. I am going to give you the 2023 Houston Roughnecks roster. Okay. It is official. 51-man roster, and it goes like this, starting with the quarterback. Caleb Ellerby, Cole McDonald, Brandon Silvers. Running backs. Bryson Allen, Max Borgel, Nick Hawley, and Dijon Lee. Wide receivers, Deontay Burnett, Cedric Bird, Davion Davis, Travell Harris, John Trey Kirkland, Aaron Nelson, Ben Putman, Justin Smith, tight end, only one, Jared Owens. Offensive line, Tommy Champion, Sage Doxtator, I hope I said that right, Alex Millette, James Moore, Desmond Noel, Darion, yeah, Darion Parker, Dylan Pasquale, Jack Snyder, John Yarbrough. You sound like a substitute teacher, by the way. Nah, not 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 like that. <laughs> I get no saying who. Jay Quillen. <laughs> All right, defensive line: C.J. Brewer, John Daka, Trent Harris, Jack Heflin, 
Brian Corey, Glenn Logan, Trevor Mason, Chauncey Rivers, Tim Ward, linebackers, Travon, sorry, Tavante Beckett, Duke, oh shit, a Julafor? <laughs> I'm, oh, man, I gotta hear that man. Emmanuel Ellerby, DeAndre Johnson, not to be confused with the other De- not with any other Johnsons. Nate Wyerlin, sorry, Nate Wyland, Charles Wiley. Cornerbacks, John Brandon, Sean Davis, Ajean Harris, AJ Hindi, William Likely, Jordan Mosley, Alexander Myers, Riley Texada, Kerry Vincent, and special teams Hunter Duplessis and Race Porter. That is your 2023 51-man roster for the Houston Roughnecks. Yes, at some point throughout this season, both of your hosts will be in attendance. I know myself and Boss Man are going to be at this first game. No, we're not. No, you're not. I was about to say, what are you talking about? Not anymore. Not anymore. (laughs) The second and third game. Um, So, um, I don't think we talked... Oh, we have not talked about this on the show yet. Oh, shit, because we weren't on the air when this happened. So, um, sorry to depress all of the MILFs and the baby mamas out there in the world, but Mr. GQ is officially (laughs) going to be off the market on Valentine's Day. I am getting eloped with my life partner, my significant other, who is currently at work. So, that is happening. Um, A lot of people knew, some people didn't. I don't really, you know... I don't really talk about a lot of things, but... It doesn't really... Yeah. But I'm letting you guys know because I love you guys. You guys are our devoted, dedicated fans, and we love you guys. So, of course, we try to let you guys behind the curtain when we can. So, I guess that would be considered as a big deal. So, I wanted to make sure that you guys were aware of that. And we will be celebrating on the 18th with a beautiful, beautiful brunch celebration. How much alcohol are we drinking on the 18th? I'm getting fucked up. Okay, I just want to make sure. I ain't getting fucked up, but I'm getting fucked up. I just want to make sure, you know, uh, you, I, I, I can't say this in my American. I have plenty freaking alcohol to drink that day. I don't no. know how to say that in my American it's accent. Right. I'll, look, I'll translate it for you in American Texan. I've been drinking. I've, I've been, been drinking. drinking. <laughs> That's how we're going to translate that. Drunk in love. You know? So, But there will be no babies being made. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all know why. Oh, uh, do they? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, we were on you the told, air for you, that. You, you okay. told them last episode. Okay. We were on the air for that. Okay, I was like, I was just, I'm just, I can't. Sometimes I can keep up. Sometimes I can't. All right, so I am ready to put sports to bed. I feel like we have covered. Well, no, you have something to cover. I do you? have something to cover. Okay, so cover yours. We'll jump into shoutouts, and then I want to finish the show with that. This other important thing that I feel like will be phenomenal to finish the show with. Beautiful. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, so you know, as I know, there was a big milestone uh, this week on Tuesday? Yeah. Tuesday. Unfortunately, Xfinity decided to have a blockage in my area, so I couldn't change the TV since the internet and the freaking TV are all one. They couldn't access the internet to change the damn TV. So I did not get to watch it. I had to wake up and watch it on YouTube the next damn morning. Um, I watched it on YouTube. Le- yeah. Le- LeBron uh, did something that everybody thought was unbreakable. 39 years of unbreakable. Um, we watched Kareem 
break Will Chamberlain's record, and then we watched subsequently hell of a lot of other players break Will Chamberlain record. Uh, coming now, hold on. We watched Kareem break it plus seven thousand more. Yeah, yeah, that's so. And I then sure, I want to make sure people understand. When yeah. Kareem, when Kareem took it from Wilt, Kareem had thirty-one thousand and some change. Then he added the additional seven thousand to make it the thirty-eight six sixty-eight. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that's the number. So we're gonna make this segment all about Bron. That's what we're gonna do. And if you get your hair cut every two weeks, or I try to get my hair cut every two weeks, like I do. You're bound to go into a barbershop, and you're bound to hear the GOAT debate and this oh, my, and that. My barbershop be live. Uh, Yeah. My barbershop be live, too. So you're bound to go in there and hear a couple of different things about who the GOAT is and who's the best scorer of all time and all kind of different things. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, thank you. You're so nice. Um, And before I go any further, I just want to say these are the four top theories you hear I would say the four top theories, five, five technically, but um, or or you're going to hear now, from now on about uh LeBron, whether it's good or whether it's bad, we're going to do a little game of truth or false, backed by statistics. And I'm just I'm I'm going to read them off, and I want uh, I want I want to hear what you got to say. Because I think what you have to say is very important. Because it might some of these might shock you. All right. I'm ready. All right, so here we go. Theory number one. LeBron broke Kareem's record faster, and he only broke it because he made more three-pointers. In the in the case of it being faster, and he only broke it in the case of three. Do you think this is true or false to either one of them? I just, I, I, I just want to know. Okay, so Kareem only hit one three-pointer. He was one for 31 mm-hmm. um, during that, his entire career. I'm actually surprised you know that because I had to look. The, wow. And I'm supposed to be the basketball historian. Wow. I know a few random things when it comes to basketball. Um, that one because just like, you know, Shaq being, you know, like he was for his three-pointers. Random facts like that with big men in there. Yeah. Random shit like that. But on top of that, LeBron's career three-point average is not that good actually right like it's not and i'm still gonna say false because lebron broke it in still in less shots in field goals overall so he still despite the threes he still broke it in less field goal attempts okay and if it were if it weren't for threes do you think he would have broke it faster than kareem did overall or did he got to that number faster than Kareem did overall? Not break it because he broke Kareem's record, but he he no because no only because it took LeBron seven hundred and twelve games to reach twenty thousand points. So no. Okay, so let's go to this. LeBron has made two thousand two hundred and thirty-two three pointers in his career which equates to 6,696 points. You take away one point essentially from every three and make it all twos. 
That gives him 400, well, I said 400, 4,464,000, 4, leaving him with, obviously, 2,232 points, obviously, because he multiplied it by three to get to the threes, right? So, in the case that LeBron would not have broken the record in record time, LeBron averages 27 points per game, mm-hmm. all right? Him averaging 27 points per game, you divide that by the amount of games. You divide it by 82 games in a season. LeBron would have needed 82 and a half more games to break that record, which would have still passed Kareem. Because right now they say, hey, 150 games. He would have still did it faster. So I said, you know what? Let's take it a step further. Okay. If LeBron stops right now and average 20 points per game, Every all the threes are taken away. He averaged twenty points a game, and there's no reason to say he can't average twenty a game if he's averaged twenty seven his whole career, except his uh, first two years in the league. Who's to say? Hey, there's no way. But here we go. If he averaged twenty points a game from right now until then, it would take him one hundred and eleven point six games. So regardless of what anybody says, he would have broke it faster, and he would have broke it. Plain and simple. It does not matter. That LeBron scored threes. He would have done it faster and in less games. So, there it is with theory one. Theory two is a very interesting one because this one actually surprised me. Um, A lot of people out there say, I say too, and I'm pretty sure you'll say, do you believe LeBron is a pass-first player? If you had to take a guess, would you th- say LeBron is a pass-first player? No. I would, I, I try. I, I used to say, no. you know what? I no. think LeBron is a pass first player. No, but LeBron I, is a facilitator by definition. Right. So I think people get confused pass first with high IQ player. Yeah. So and I, I think people get confused at what a facilitator actually does. Right. A facilitator scores. Yeah. A facilitator passes when the shot that they thought they had is no longer there. Correct. That's what a facilitator or a floor general or point guard does. So I wrote down, uh, uh, you know, I wrote down a lot of players, I think obviously including Kareem, because that's the guy pretty much everybody's comparing him to with scoring, right? Okay. So it was interesting to when I find this, this out. In the past, let's say going back to the 90s up until now, who do you think most people would answer is the biggest ball hog? The biggest ball hog? Yeah. Other than James Harden, because I would say it was James Harden, but other than James Harden. A lot of people would a lot of people say Kobe at one point. Ding ding ding. Okay, so Kobe. I'm gonna start with this. Kobe averaged 19.5 shots attempts a game. Steph Curry, right now for his career, 17.1. Melo, I actually took out his last couple of years because obviously his attempts went down because he's not a prime player anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's averaged 19 and a half yeah. a game. Surprise to nobody, MJ averaged 22.9. That That's not a surprise to anybody. Kareem, even in his prime, uh, averaged 19.2. Kevin Durant, up to this day, 18.7, because his shot attempts haven't gone down at all, even when he was in Golden State. It was pretty much steady. Um, Another person that a lot of people say is a ball hog, Russell Westbrook. 18 point, you, you know, people will say, because yeah. he, 
he he's he's inefficient, not really. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So Russell Westbrook, eighteen point four. Yeah. Of uh, out of all the play, I named one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I named eight players. How many guys do you think has a lower field goal attempts per game than LeBron James? Without even knowing LeBron's number. Cause I, I, yeah, because I, I actually don't know LeBron's right. number. Right, so, so out of um, all those, it, it, I, named, I named eight guys. Kobe, Steph, Melo, MJ, Kareem, KD, and Westbrook. That's seven players. How many guys do you think have lower field goal attempts per game than LeBron James? Mind you, these are the people they call ball hogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, nobody really calls Steph a ball hog, but we know Steph shoots a lot. Yeah, so. I but I don't, I don't think Steph's a ball hog. But that's I don't the, either. That's just the way I yeah. watch the way I watch the game, though. But you know, people will say, "Well, Steph shoots a lot." So I'm gonna say, damn, I think is Steph on that list the lowest with his 17? He is. Shit, I think I'm gonna put. LeBron right above Steph. Incorrect. Contrary to popular belief and contrary to what I thought, the only person that has more shot attempts per game than LeBron James is Michael Jordan. Pass first? I think not. (laughs) LeBron James has averaged 19.7, which is higher than Kobe at 19.5 shot attempts per game. Shit. Pass first. Uh-uh. Facilitator with a high IQ. Absolutely. I like how you fit a little Stone Cold Steve Austin in there. <laughs> so, another thing we talk about most help. And this really comes down to I didn't put Kareem in this one because I really didn't want to look at Kareem's number because Kareem was the best player on his team, championship tween- teams twice. Magic pretty much took over, and then James Worthy had the the last uh, well, MVP, Finals let's MVP. Not, let's not forget that what Kareem was doing on the Bucks prior to this too. Well, yeah, but Kareem only won one championship with the Bucks. Yeah, I know. So but, I mean, but he was already winning. Yeah. So here we go. The most help. Interesting thing. I only did the championship years because that's what people refer to the most is always the championship of course, years. Because we just forget that the other years exist. So let's let's go ahead and just state out this one fact. Michael Jordan never had a teammate average over 20 points per game or average 20 points per game in the NBA Finals. Let's just go ahead and throw that out there. LeBron has it. Two players, but it but it's happened four times. It happened twice with Kyrie, and it happened twice with D-Wade. So um, here we go. All the years LeBron won a championship. LeBron, it, average, average, obviously. Average LeBron is accounted for 25. And I'm going by percentage because percentage also makes up for the pace of the game. Yeah, 100%. So LeBron averaged 25% of the overall team's points because that's the only thing y'all seem to get nowadays. Not you, but you know, seem to get nowadays is is points. So LeBron averaged 25% of his team points. Right? That's a lot. That is a lot. And they still be losing. And they still be losing. But this this is the years they won a championship. Okay, this, okay. this is only championship years. Out of the four times he's won a championship, he's averaged 25%. Yeah, that's a lot. On the flip side of that, 
Michael Jordan, out of his six championships, his lowest percentage is 27% of the team's overall points. 29% of his team's overall points in average out of his six championships, he averaged 29% of his team's points. Damn. More help? When people say MJ had more help, I think not, bro. I think not. He's never had a teammate average 20 points per game. Not only that, Kyrie had two 40-point games in the finals as well. Um, that, that just goes to show you, that right there goes to show you alone. Michael, jo- Michael Jordan was very dominant. In his, I mean, LeBron is very dominant, too. He scored 25% of his team's points on average. But that, that goes to show you how dominant they are. They're averaging more than a quarter of their team's points. It's crazy. But Michael Jordan averaged more points. Absolutely averaged more points. Now you start talking about Hall of Famers they played with. I think it's about even at this point. Michael Jordan has Dennis Rodman, Scottie Pippen. Uh, I mean, Kukos did make it to the Hall of Fame, so I got to include Kukos. But we, Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr made it as a coach, though, man. That does not count. Not as a player. That don't count. Don't do that. Just throwing names out there. Don't do that. <laughs> was, was, was Tony Kukoc a Hall of Famer? And Horace Grant? I Hall said Tony Kukoc. Horace Grant's not a Hall of Famer. Oh, shocker. Yeah, Horace Grant's not a Hall of Famer. Um, Horace Grant is more of the underappreciated play. Horace Grant is parallel to more like Lamar Odom and Cliff Robinson, who's who's another player that people don't give enough credit. Cliff Robinson was a beast in Portland. Oh, man. Another one of those guys is just stuck in my head as one of my favorites. Um, and last but not least, so Jordan had more help. No, um, LeBron obviously had more help. I think mo- both of us would agree that D Wade, prime D Wade, and prime LeBron and prime Chris Bosh is more than enough help. Yes. So I mean, obviously nobody had more help than Kevin Durant, but <laughs> we know, yeah, yeah. Nonetheless, um, the last and not least, I like this one. This one was my uh one of my favorites. Uh. Their road to the finals, because obviously, people always say, "Well, LeBron got to more finals, and LeBron played harder teams in the finals." That's fine, but people overlook. Pe- people really do overlook the teams leading up to that, right? So, leading up. Two, and this might be the most even one I saw up until the second statistic I'm going to give. Okay. Leading to the finals, Jordan and LeBron, well, even they, this include the finals, they both beat 20 50-win teams in the playoffs and finals. For Jordan, 16 of those teams were in the Eastern Conference. For LeBron, 13 were in the... 13, is it, shit, I forgot to write down. It was 13 or 12 that was in the Eastern Conference. So leading up, Jordan played more 51 teams. But as we dive deeper in, obviously LeBron played 170-win team, so we yeah. can go ahead and... But a lot of people like to hold that, well, Golden State won 72 games. In actuality, Jordan played 70-60-win teams to LeBron's three. Going into the finals... So tell me, who had the harder path in the Eastern Conference to the finals? It was Michael Jordan. Not only that, here's something that a lot of people don't know, and I just found out. 
they got this scale called the ELO scale, and they rank, you know what I'm saying, the the hardest opponents. Yeah. There was a team, the 1985 Bucks with Sidney Moncrief, who Reggie Miller got into the Hall of Fame before Sidney Moncrief, which is a fucking disrespectful, and you know how I feel about that already. Um, the 1985 Bucks ranked higher than any opponent that LeBron played in the Eastern Conference except the Chicago Bulls. The Derrick Rose Bulls. The Derrick Rose Derrick Bulls. Rose, um, Joakim Noah. Um, Carlos Boozer. Carlos Boozer. Ben Gordon. Ben Go- yeah. Shit. The 1985 wow. Bucks ranked higher than any other team other than the Bulls that LeBron played in the Eastern Conference the whole time. Damn. So, I'm just saying. Obviously, there's good things about this for LeBron. There's bad things about this for LeBron. I'm not going to tell you who I think the GOAT is. This is just something to consider. It's a deeper dive into what people normally argue. It's only reserved for people who can have a rational conversation, not a back-and-forth banter session. Exactly. So, yes, LeBron will still break Kareem's record in fewer games. No, LeBron is not a fast a pass-first player that broke the scoring title. What you hear people, how is LeBron a, fa- a pass-first player well, and he broke the score? No. Kevin Durant even said it. He's like, LeBron is a scorer. He is a scorer. And he's, he's I tell people all the time, he's a damn good one. <laughs> the yep. name of the game, he might not be a shooter, but people forget no, no. shooters and Shooting scores, and scores are different. are not the same thing. And people, your casual basketball fan think great shooters are also great scorers. And no. that's not always the case. That's not. Because there are plenty of not-so-great shooters who are great scorers. Yep. Two of them played together, LeBron James and Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade, Wade. yeah. And surprisingly, they beat the Spurs in Game 7 in 2013 on shooting, bro. Of all things, (laughs) fucking shooting. (laughs) Oh, that shit still pisses me off to this day. Make that shit make sense. Tim Duncan was one tip hook shot away from being... 6-0 6-0 and oh in the finals like Michael Jordan. Obviously, Jordan had more finals MVPs. And, you know, I didn't want to get into the, the cliche of accomplishments. Obviously, me and you both know the difference between better and greater because, you know, I've already – we both captioned that already. So, I didn't want to do the, the obvious people. Well, Jordan won 10 scoring championships, and he got six finals MVPs, and he got – that's cool and all, but, I mean – Ladies and gentlemen, let me explain something to you. When LeBron passed Kareem, do you realize? And I'm I didn't know I don't know if you saw this. I looked this up because I wanted to make sure I understood this. There are three active players that are sniffing, not close, just sniffing where LeBron is. They're all from the same team at one point or another. In this exact order. Okay, see? Kevin Durant, James Harden, Russell Russell Westbrook. Westbrook. Kevin Durant is the next closest. Kevin Durant has 23,000 points. Make sure y'all heard what I just said. 23,000. And Kevin Durant is 33? No. Kevin Durant's the next closest, and he's like number... He's like the... No, I'm saying his age. Yeah. Kevin Kevin Durant is 33. Yeah, and he's like the... 15th? It's like the 12th. No, 12th. 12th all-time leading scorer. Yeah. And he has 26,000. He's going to no, pass. No, 20, sorry. Not 23. I'm sorry. 26,000. He's about to pass Hakeem in a little bit. Yeah. So, and then you have 
James Harden and Russell Westbrook behind. Those are your three active players that are close, and not, and they're not even close. They're in the stratosphere of where LeBron is, but they're not there. Unfortunately, Steph Curry stayed hurt his first first three years, man. Uh, I still don't think Steph would have played as long as LeBron, and I still no. don't think he would have done it. The crazy part is LeBron is going to extend. <laughs> so I was going to ask you that after all this is said and done because I've seen everybody give their prediction. What do you think? What's What do you think is the ballpark final number? And I bring that up because I wanted to propose something. Um, He's at, what is it, 30? Uh, is it 36? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still at 36. He hasn't crossed over in 37 yet. I, I think LeBron will finish in... 27 by 82. I I don't think I, I don't think he's going to do Let's just say he plays 80 games over the next 3 seasons by 20. Okay. 80 games by 20 is 1600 points. Okay. So 16 16 16 32. Or 16 times 3 is 48. So that gives you 40. I think LeBron LeBron can finish if he averages 20 points for the next 3 seasons, he can finish over 40,000. Okay. I think he will get I think he'll get to 40,000 if he decides to keep playing. So if he plays for three more seasons, because Bronny will be eligible to come to the NBA draft in two years, okay, and he wants to play, he wants to play with Bronny. So if you're gonna average twenty points per game over the next three years, he can, and and that's not even including the rest of this season because they're halfway through the season. I think he could finish forty thousand or more. I do. Okay. I th- I think he end up. I think he end up somewhere between thirty nine seven hundred and four and four. Forty thousand one hundred. So I, I think I think he end up somewhere in there. I think he would definitely touch thirty nine. Forty is a long shot, but if he keeps his body the way he is, and he has no so, signs of slowing because he's averaging thirty right now. So you're saying thirty between thirty seven five and forty thousand one. Yep. Okay. Okay. I was trying to. Okay. No, thir- 39, 39, Sorry, five. 39 five. Yeah. Okay. Thirty nine five. I am of the notion because LeBron currently with the amount of games he plays, which is somewhere around 68, about 68, 69 games a year, give or take. LeBron is averaging about 1,600 points a season, Mm -hmm. give or take, with with that, with those current metrics. Yeah. If LeBron decides that he – because he wants to play – he said he can play at this high level for another two years. I think he could do it for three. I think he can play for another five years total. If I'm being honest, I, f- I feel that. I think he can get to forty-four thousand. Shit. Okay. I know I'm reaching, but I just I I don't I think after he plays one season, if if he gets to play a season, if Bronny ends up not getting drafted, I think LeBron just kind of like, okay, you know what I'm saying, but um. If Bronny does get drafted, he's going to he's going to play at least play three more years if Bronny gets drafted. I do believe that. So, um, so forty four will be the absolute cap. Realistically, I think it's forty two. Forty two. Okay. Yeah. Realistically, I think it's forty two. Oh yeah, he he averages about six. Even even like I said, even if he plays. If he doesn't play eighty games and he plays, let's say seventy, I don't. He's not. I don't. 
I think the days of LeBron playing a full NBA season yeah. are out the window. Well, so. they, I think he's only played one full NBA season, so yeah. there's never so, been. Yeah. He, despite Buddy, it, but. But so. that's, that's why I went 80 games. I, yeah. All I'm saying is that he could still play 70 and average 27 for the next three seasons and definitely get to 40 easily. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I can see 42. All right. So it's season five. Yep. Let's get the first shout outs hey. of the new season. Okay. 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 Quarter Quarter brick, half a brick, whole hey. brick. Hey. <laughs> oh, man. And we finally finished that corral. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, I guess I'll go shout out first. Yeah. All right, bet. Uh, you know I didn't give this much thought, but I, I didn't either. I, I usually don't. I usually don't either. But um, I am going to give a shout out to the podcast that we've been that you have we ha we haven't been on together, but you have. I mean, we've collabed. I just haven't been in the presence. It's from the sidelines. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give a shout out to them. I actually, it, it's hard for me to follow and like a lot of podcasts, but their chemistry is very, very good. I, I love their chemistry. Um, they love what they talk about. They're very animated and they're very energetic and they bring a fresh perspective to it. Um, that chemistry is just... When when people have chemistry, it is just unmatched. It's not forced. Uh, I saw for years and years, and people might disagree with me, but with uh, Mike and Mike, I always thought Mike and Mike's synergy, if you know what synergy I know you know what synergy is, but for people out there listening, um, synergy is when you put people together and the sum of those people coming together is greater than what they could have been if you just add up their potential. So uh, their synergy is crazy good. And it reminds me of you and mine. So, shout out to From the Sidelines. Like I said, hey, like, subscribe, rate. Um, I'm available on podcast. Uh, you said Instagram, YouTube, Instagram, YouTube. They're on Facebook as well. Okay. So you'll um tune in tomorrow. We they'll be on YouTube. Actually, I will be on there as well. Um, we'll be going on at uh 6 p.m. So we'll be doing another um another. Uh, Think another NFL show. He'll shoot. He'll shoot me out the, the um the, the topics, and then we'll go from there. So I'll be making my third my third guest appearance on that show, becoming a, essentially a regular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> so um, and also, you know, I can't go on without doing this one. My man, Jew Fresh. Hey, gotta give a shout out to you, bro. Uh, amazing things, producing game, the greatest producer. Yes, the uh our our producer and rapper on in my zone, the opening song of the show. Uh man, we couldn't do this without you. And I'm going to also give a shout out to my boy Josh and his sensational fragrance group. Hell yeah. Uh hey man. Join the group, man. If you want to get educated, if you don't even know nothing about fragrances, join this group. Yep. You got a lot of really, really, really smart people that can I'm a texting myself real quick and learn you something. <laughs> Learn you something. And of course, as always, shout out to my family, the Zing Zing family, Zing Zing group. Uh, we're going to have the queen on pretty soon, y'all. Don't worry. We're going to have Nazi on pretty soon. We're going to do the interview. It's going to be great. Um, we're going on, uh, we're doing that via StreamYard. We're doing that on, um, we're doing that in person in the studio. 
I don't know. Because technically, we were supposed to kind of line it up yesterday, but I knew we were still working out kinks for StreamYard. Mm-hmm. So I told I was like, hey, give us some time. We're still kind of trying to figure out everything with StreamYard before oh, we, we got before it. We get oh, I'm going. good. You're good now. See? I got it. I know it. Hey. One, one time. One time. So, so hopefully that'll come next week. And of course, to my co-host, man. This is season five. We live, baby. Hey. We live. You know? It's, it's going down. I, you, you, and and just, you know, I wasn't going to do this, but you know what? Pass me something out that fridge. Oh, yeah. Go ahead and pass something good out that fridge one time. What you got there? Austin Eastsiders. I already know the label. Yeah, yeah. That Texas Honey Cider. So while you're doing that, let me go ahead and drop these shout-outs. So shout-outs to my wife, to B. She is currently working hard at work. Um, we've been texting a little bit back and forth during the pod. Um, a lot of shit going on, but you know how it is, that night shift life. For those who've been there in that life, man, that night shift life is a different type of life, man. Mm-hmm. Been there, done that, got the T-shirt, ain't trying to go back. Um, Never been there, don't want to go to. like to give a special shout-out to my um, Clear Creek Intermediate Dagwires. We are officially in track season. Yeah. Practice has been kicking off this week. We getting on and popping. My schedule is crazy. Of course. So, um, we just getting started. But for those who know me, like I said, you know what kind of program I push out when it comes to track season. So, you know. If you know, you know. Um, You think you're serious about flag football or basketball? You ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah. Um, I definitely got to give a shout out to my co-host across the table. There is a lot that goes on behind the scenes that... You know, maybe one day we'll do a YouTube. We'll kind of talk about it. But yeah. there's a lot that goes on. Like, it's literally just the two of us. Yeah. Like, no all producer. The, all the editing, all this stuff, all the stuff that you see, the 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 YouTube stuff, the websites. Um, now with Streamyard going on. Um, the people the coming stuff, on the show, the, man. All this stuff. This is all being done by the two of us. Like, it is not easy. But nothing in this world that you want to be great at is easy. It's not easy, but it's life. Life of a podcaster, and I'm all for it. So I'm looking forward to that. So I wanted to close out the show with this because we don't get to talk about this a lot. All right. So it it meant a lot for me to save it for the end. Are we going to have a GQ real talk? We haven't had one of those in a minute. So... Not entirely. Oh. But we close because okay. there's some things that have come up. But this is music related though. So there was The Billboard. The Billboard. Oh my God. But before that, I learned a fun fact that I don't know if you knew this or not. Okay. Snoop Dogg has never won a Grammy. But he's had twenty nominations. So, so what you're telling me is Snoop Dogg is the Brian McKnight of rap music. And Brian McKnight has also never won a Grammy. Yeah. <laughs> but I did not know that. I, I knew Brian McKnight didn't win. I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't realize it, but I didn't know that Snoop had 20 nominations to get no I, wins. I thought Snoop would have at least won one for like writing or something even, with Dre. That's even, crazy. Even J. Cole got one, even though it was with 21 Savages um, a lot. He deserved that one. I know, but also <laughs> Cole should have got more. But Cole only has one Grammy at currently. But Yeah. Well, he got cheated. So, this top 10 list came out. (sighs) Billboard's top 10 greatest rappers of all time. (sighs) 
I'm gonna read the list, then we'll go. I just knew you were gonna do this, and I, yeah, I kind of knew. I kind of knew. Number ten, they kicked in with Nicki Minaj, um, the only female rapper that made this list. (coughs) Number nine was Snoop Dogg. Number eight was Drake. Number seven was Wayne. Number six was uh, Notorious B.I.G. Number five was M. Number four was Pac. Number three was Nas. Number two was Kendrick. Number one was Jay Z. Yeah. So, one of my flag football teammates had posted this. I seen it and I was like, something wrong with this list. And the first thing I noticed about this list is there was two names that were missing off of this list. One of them was J. Cole. And the other one was Kanye West. <laughs> and I was like, hold the phone. I'm taking Kanye West and J. Cole over Nicki Minaj first and foremost. And I'm taking them over Drake. Yeah, I said what I said. I I know. Controversial <laughs> take. But and I and I and listen, I love Drake's body of work. I really do. But it compared to Kanye, yes, I know. Listen, you got to separate what the fuck Kanye got going on right now in his life. Kanye's body of work is something next. Okay, so I definitely agree Kanye over Nicki Minaj. This, this is not even well, close. Well, yeah, yeah, it's not. But, I don't, like, um, and, it, and that's hard because, and, and it's not like a slight because Nicki at the beginning was a monster. I hate to use it. I hate to pun that because that was also one of her greatest. I mean, one of her greatest sixteens was on the track "Monster." Yeah, which which featured Ross Jay Z. I just, I just, I don't. At, at the time Nicki came out, she had no competition for a female rapper. That's the, no, she didn't. That, like, that, that's the only knock really there. Um, but what I will say is, I, I can't believe I'm about to say this. I do think Drake deserves a a a, a spot in the top ten. Okay. Um, over, and, well, Drake is already in the top ten. Oh, okay. So, I don't okay, have to, so I, so you so, I don't have to drop anybody out because I I yeah. mean I'm dropping Nikki out because I think so you okay so out of out of Cole and Ye who are you not putting in? Um, okay, let me get there. So okay, um, first of all, <laughs> let's 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 get something straight. I have no problem with Jay Z being number one. I really don't, and mm-hmm. I I don't either. I'm not arguing it. I just um, I, I think Jay Z's uh longevity this this is literally like a LeBron this, this is like yeah like Jay Z's uh longevity timelessness um I mean, the amount of the, Billboard the, hits the, the argument could have been made for for Snoop in the same regard Snoop's right. been doing this longer than Jay Z he has been uh, but then Kendrick's also but, Kendrick but has Snoop, a longevity argument but 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 Snoop also doesn't have the awards no so, he doesn't. You you know how you, I tell people all the time like okay. When you rank, it's it. People always have a subjective list, but you also got to remember whenever you ranking the top ten rappers of all time. I am a guy that say how good at you are freestyling and how good at you how good of you, how good you are at writing, and which is not freestyling, and the awards. You know what I'm saying like. For instance, here's a good example, right? There was a guy back in the 2000s that played for the Kings. And for five straight seasons, he averaged over 20 points per game but never made an all-star game. You know who I'm referring to? No. Kevin Martin. Kevin Martin averaged over 20 points per game and for five straight seasons. He's not a Hall of Famer. He never made an all-star game. The reason that is, is... While we recognize that he's able to score, 
we also recognize he lacks in other other assets of the game, and it doesn't necessarily equate to being great or to winning. So there's more that goes into it. Um, so yeah, I think Drake deserves to be there. Uh, Lil Wayne at what was it seven? Yeah, that. Lil Wayne at seven is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I can't. I, look, we ain't done dissecting this. I, I'm, yet, I, but, that just, um, I'm just, look, listen. I know you're a Kendrick fan, but there's no way in hell that Kendrick Lamar should be ranked over Lil Wayne. I am, th- I'm sorry. I, I don't think there's any way that Wayne should be lower than number three. Absolutely not. I'm not. I'm not gonna argue that. And you, and yes, yes. Those who know me, yes, I am a massive Kendrick fan. But let me put this into perspective. Early. 2000s to 2000, we're going to say 12, maybe 13? Yeah, 12, 13, yeah, somewhere Yeah, because that's the young money time. Yeah. So let's say 2014. From 2000 to 2014, Wayne was damn near unstoppable. A very similar run to what Jay-Z had from the Blueprint till, you know, the Blueprint 3. The Blueprint (laughs) Black Album. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, so yeah, I have no problem because I feel like in that conversation it always, like, yeah. Wayne is always going to be a top three. Yeah, Wayne, Wayne. Um, um, now, Eminem just based on accomplishments. I think Jay Z, Wayne, and Eminem should be the top three. Because because I know how they rank this list. This so, is not so so. Where do you so because of our age? Yeah. For the old heads out there, where are you putting the two legends on this? The two of the three legends on this list. The two. You're going to have to be more specific. Pac and Big. I think, you know what? I think... Because based what? on based on the, the criteria that I said, how I think they ranked it, yeah. I do believe Pac should be higher than Big, but I don't think Pac should be top five. So which which means I think they, they might be more like seven through ten, even though, because we're not talking about Lyricist, which is talking about rappers, period. Yeah, yeah. And if you're going to rank it, it's kind of like, hey, it, all those criteria matter. Because while Pac and Biggie both got artistry, lyrics, and all that, they don't necessarily have the awards commercially to back it. That's but the issue. That part of that, and, you know, I'm not refuting what you're saying but part of it is because of the the era the 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 gangster rap gangster yeah. rap wasn't really what's the word they it wasn't really it wasn't respected let's call it what it is it yeah. wasn't respected like it should have been as an art because the awards show right like i mean look what it took for nwa to do what they did you see what i'm saying like look what it took for cube to do i think cube actually has might have more awards than been Pac, like he should. He, no, no, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure, and he's not on this list. We ain't gonna talk. We ain't gonna listen. I ain't gonna start dissect because my, my my list would I would upset some people. But that's just I don't know. It, all right, so we back in that thing. Yeah. So, like I said, it was controversial, but we got to make it all make sense. So we could dissect this list for whole hours. Like we really could. Like I mean, it's only ten names. So it wouldn't be hard, but I noticed that you said you move, you would move Pac and Biggie down somewhere in this, let's say seven to ten range. 
What about a guy like Nas? Is Nas still top five? Is Nas number six? Like, what's what's your what's your take there? Because you also said you would keep Drake in your top ten, so I'm trying to figure out at what like where are you moving certain individuals based on this list? Well, obviously Nicki would drop. Um, yeah, well you you already said Nicki was coming off. This Nicki's list, coming. So. Nicki's coming off this list. Um, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, Kendrick would definitely drop. Uh, the fact that Kendrick is already number two is kind of ridiculous to me, but whatever. Um, I have no problem dropping Kendrick as low as five, but I'm not going to drop him past five, personally. At that point, i got to let my personal feelings take over. But I think Jay-Z, Wayne, um, Jay-Z, Wayne, Eminem, Jay-Z, Wayne, Eminem. Mm. At that point, do you like, do you insert like a Kanye there? or like? I do want to insert Kanye like, there. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do want to insert Kanye at five. At I four? do. I, no, that'd be four. Jay-Z, Wayne. Oh, yeah, yeah, that would be four. Jay-Z, Wayne. And that's why I said I would have Kendrick at five. Jay-Z, Wayne, Kanye. Yeah. Because I don't have a problem with, with, with Kanye being above Kendrick either. I don't. I have a problem with, 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 with Kendrick being above Drake. I think I'd, I'd probably put Drake at five. Okay. I, I, I would just because I don't think anybody has, besides probably Jay-Z or maybe Snoop, I don't think anybody has sustained the amount of commercial success as a rapper as Drake has, because Drake really, Drake really took off in 2009, right after yeah. our high school year, and, and I had already knew who Drake was. Yeah, we we knew him for the yeah. mixtape game. So we we we'd already knew him. We know we knew Replacement Girl. We knew Ransom. We knew the original uh Forever. We knew successful, uh, successful Houston, Atlanta, Vegas. So far gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just we already knew Drake. We knew, Dur- Mar- we knew Marvin's room. Yeah, um, Drake Drake was. A, just based off of commercial success, uh, underground success. I mean, Drake can't really freestyle for shit, but I mean, yeah, no, we we heard his attempt um, ciphers. Yeah, but that's a whole different conversation. Yeah, but I mean, based off of success commercially and underground, I think at this point, Drake just ha- Drake has to be Drake has to be a top five rap artist of all time. I'll buy not that. necessarily a rapper. I'll I'll buy that when you when you. Talk about the commercial success because those who know Kendrick know him because, well, obviously because he started underground and a lot of his, he definitely doesn't have near as many number one commercial style tracks on, as right. Drake. I'll give you that. So that, I guess I have to succeed that. Um, so I guess that means I have to drop Kendrick to six. So that, that, that'd that be my five right there. Um, Nas would definitely, I, you know what? I'm going. I'm, I'm damn near tempted to take Nas out. I'm damn near tempted to take Nas out the top ten. Um, no disrespect to Nas as as a rapper, as an artist. Uh, Nas does not have the commercial acclaim. Obviously, everybody that listens to rap music know who Nas is and they understand. But this is not a debate on who is. A better lyricist. No, because this list would look considerably different. Yeah, this this is not a lyricist debate. This is a a rap artist debate, and 
I mean, Nas, Nas is one of the people that does not have the commercial success and accolades to, to, to be top five. Hell, Nas might just be out of my top ten, period, on this list as, rap, as, as a rap artist because um, somebody like 50 Cent has, has more commercial success and underground success than Nas has overall. Um, 50 would be somebody I would consider moving in the top ten over Nas. Um, and even over J. Cole, even though I love J. Cole, um, 50 has a long list of, hell, 50 might have the best rap song of all time, commercially, commercially you know what I'm saying, go yeah. shawty, it's your birthday, it's we're going still, to it's still played today, well, you got that one, you got Many Men, oh man, and Many Men was underground and commercially successful, yeah. I, gi I give you one, 21, that, 21 questions, 21 questions, is one of those songs that will forever be timeless. Um, Hated to love it was a great ballad. That, um, yeah, how we do? How we do? Um, I, I yeah, I might consider moving uh, fifty in the top ten. Uh, I could over. Oh. I would. I would. I'm not. I'm not gonna take Snoop out for fifty, but I will take Nas out for fifty. I think I'll take Nas out for commer 50. Commercially, if we play the commercial game, Snoop got shit that still gets played to this day, too. Like Snoop does. Like, um, like there are certain songs for our generation if you play Snoop and Pharrell. Take my well, time. No, Snoop and Pharrell, just Snoop. Yeah, we know that. We know that's we know every single lyric backwards and forwards. What, that man? Song. Come on, dog. Like, when the like, pimps so, in the crib, my drop it like it's hot. Come on. So, like, like I said, when, we t when you play the commercial argument, yeah, no, Snoop got to stay in there. Yeah, Snoop. Snoop. Is, I mean, you can go all the way back to America's Most Wanted to now. I'm not going. You know what? I'm. I'm not going to lie. Uh, as much as I love, as much as I love Biggie, I wouldn't be mad if somebody took took Biggie out their top ten on on this list, knowing how the Billboard ranked it, because I don't think yeah. Biggie has enough Billboard hits. Snoop obviously doesn't have a lot of number ones, but he has a shitload of Billboard hits. Yeah. So and I that's, and that's why this this list is a top yeah. ten Billboard. Is there an honorable mention? Like, not somebody you would put in the top 10, but somebody you would at least consider. As a rapper? Yes. Mm. Whether it's a newer artist or whatever the case might be. Let me see. Damn. Uh, T.I. I can get down with that. T.I. Um, it, it's funny. Mine is also I, another Southern rapper. Mine would be Luda, but... And, uh, and it's... It, it, for this, obviously, we're going individual rappers because if we were just going rappers or rap groups, I would obviously say Outkast. Oh but, yeah, um, with that, oh, that wouldn't. But even be just, a just, just solo rappers. Ti, um, yeah, y'all like, better not knock me. Don't knock me for this one, but I, um, <laughs> you might be like, man, you. Once I say, you'll be like, okay, I can see that. But um, a lot of people out there be like, man, come on, dog. But bow wow, bro. Bow Wow was one I would I, I would I would be honorable mention considering putting in the top ten. The hits were there. Bow, Bow Wow got hits for fucking days. The hits are there. Like I said, they for are me, there. Yeah, it would it would be ludicrous for me. But yeah, yeah, I love I love me some Luda. Yeah, Luda Luda is one of the most underrated rappers of all time ever because like just because he, he's from the south. Like it it rappers and lyricists for that matter because the man's lyrical prowess is yeah. dumb. Yeah, Luda's Luda's like, on a different level. Um. I, and with, and I would also consider the very, very first rap superstar. Um, do you know who the first rap, rap superstar is? 
he, no. he coined the term GOAT. Oh, you talking about LL? Yes, sir. LL had dumbfounded bunch of hits. Um, Still. Going even, all, in, even in the 2000s. He had headsprung in the 2000s. He that had hits says, from the 80s. Yep, radio. All the way up through 2015. You know, radio, rock the bells, I'm bad. I need Mama love. said to knock you out. I need love. Like, LL is a bad dude, bro. I would consider... He's another Man, person look, I'd, I'd put I'd put in the top ten over Nas. You're not gonna forget about Hey Lover. Oh man, hey, that was around a the way girl. Around the way girl. Then you throw you know then you throw in Headsprung. Headsprung. He the one he did with him and J Lo did a song in the 2000s. Yeah. Together. I, I, oh my God. Uh, um, um, and I can't remember was, the name it, of that. It was song. hot. It was hot too. It was hot. Track. I, yeah, yeah. It was a summer track. It, it was, was a summer too. track, and I can't remember the name of it. But, um, yeah, LL is a very very uh. A name that I would con- I would definitely consider but the fact yep. that Kanye West is it on this list. Some something's wrong here because when they made the top ten, the top one hundred albums of the decade in the two thousands, Kanye yep. Kanye was the only artist to have every single one of his albums make the top one hundred. I would like to see a side by side comparison of like even just Kanye and Nicki Minaj. Because I feel like Kanye would overtake. You could imagine. So if, if Kanye and Nicki Minaj did a versus, Kanye would watch Nicki Minaj. Do you, do you understand the Jay-Z and Kanye West are the two hip-hop artists with the most Grammy nominations? Beyonce's number one and Jay-Z's number two, but they're tied at 88. Kanye has 85. Number, th- yeah, number, yeah, no, not 85, sorry, 82. Number three on that list is actually Paul McCartney. Oh yeah, I'm not surprised by that. And then number four is um, over oh, Michael. Oh my God. Yeah. No, these are just these are nominations. Well, well, pa- Paul McCartney. And he, then uh, he has uh, the Beatles too, right? Yes. Okay, that makes um, sense. Yeah. Damn, we was just I was just showing my lady this list too. Um, he's a producer. He's Smokey. Genius. No, 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 no. Another other other famous um, African American individual. Oh man, he's been around for forever too. Older black gentleman. Oh. And it ain't yeah. Smokey. What the hell? Uh, Babyface. No. When I, when I say his name, you gonna know. Teddy. No. Damn. What the hell? Who the hell got more more nominations than these guys? I swear to God, this title is confusing. Uh, here we go. I'm going with the legends now because I can't think of who you talking about. It is, he is a legend. That's the thing. I know, but I'm saying like, yeah, I'm, I, I just can't think of who you talking about. Um. Oh, here we go. Quincy Jones. Quincy Jones. I was going to get there eventually. Yeah, so Beyonce has 88. Jay-Z has 88. Paul McCartney has 81. Quincy Jones has 80. Kanye has 75. Those uh, are nominations. That, sh- that should tell you right there. Um, Kanye is... Should be on this list. Kanye is hella underrated for some odd reason. You know what? People people just don't like Kanye for his, for his personality and for his character. But I'll tell you this. College dropout... Late registration, graduation, eight away no heartbreaks, and then I always get this damn album album name wrong. My 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 dark be- beautiful dark twisted. Yeah. However you say the damn album name. Yeah. So your all ar- five of those albums are classics. And here's your argument for Drake. Drake is the number four most streamed artist on Spotify at one point zero three billion. Yep. So there's your argument for Drake as well. Another, not even just another argument for it. 
Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I figured that was a solid way to. The fact that Kanye wasn't on the top ten list is very disrespectful. That was the first name that came to mind when I read it. I was like, wait, where is Kanye? That's very disrespectful. Because where is Kanye? Like I'm, like I said, I have no. I can separate whatever the fuck personal life Kanye got going on. We talking about accolades and music. Yeah. From a music perspective, there's no way in hell Kanye West should not be and, on this and, list above. And I want the listeners to understand, just like this is not the top ten greatest rappers of all time. This is that would be a very interesting list. Yeah, this 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 is Billboard's version of. We went through the Billboard charts, we went through the awards, we went through timelessness and things like that, and this is who we think, based on that criteria, you know, is the top ten. Because you said that, the only way now, because of the way you worded that, I didn't think about it like that. Now I know why Nicki Minaj was put in there over Kanye. Because of the amount of features and everything else she was on too, that's cool. But there's because there's some people know, on the list. But, I don't know why they put over Kanye. No, but I'm just saying. Think about it. Because Nicki has been on a lot of people's tracks, a lot of Wayne tracks, a lot of Drake tracks, a lot of Young Money tracks. Then her solo stuff, and then other people's you know features. Mind you, a track with Jay Z and Kanye and Rick Ross, one of her greatest. And she um, had the best verse. Yeah, her one of the greatest verses. She she. Her verse in that particular song was just as great as M's verse on Forever. Like, it was that level of epic. Like, yeah. she shut that yeah, motherfucking song down. Like, I don't think I've ever heard Nicki drop a better verse than that. There's one apparently people talk about on the Pink Friday album, apparently that was, like, phenomenal, too. But I think the one off of Monster still was better. I don't know what song. I forget. But they talk about one off of Pink Friday. Um, but I don't know. I haven't heard that album in a very long time. I think that's Nikki's best verse ever. And yeah. you, bro, that song is on my workout playlist. <laughs> like Now if we get into deeper into lyricists, you know what I'm saying? If somebody say, "Hey, your top 10 lyricists." We, we the, the the list will be completely different, but based well, on it won't be completely different. Okay, but so half so, of that list won't be there. So let me ask you this then. Okay. Um 20 years from now, if there's any rapper rapping right now, that you would say, like, maybe I think this guy would be able to crack the top 10. Who would it be? Rapping right now? Yeah, like like a new age, like a newer rapper. Define rapper. newer, because newer for us is still Kendrick and Cole. For us. Those are our newest rappers, because all these other ones that's out there right now, fuck no. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, yes, I understand that. No, but no, I, and I'm telling you, I would what say, I listen to... I, I, I would... The, I ask this because I would say uh, Lil Wayne's favorite rapper probably has a chance just based on accolades and awards and how much music he's going to put out. I think how much music he's he's still going to keep putting out. You know who Lil Wayne's favorite rapper is? No. Lil Baby. Oh. I do think, I think Lil Baby has a chance. If I had to pick anybody, I would say Lil Baby is the one with the chance um, because he's going to, He's he's going to have a chance just based on commercial success, like how we said here. Commercial is, success is, is little baby and, this generation's Wayne. Yeah, he kind of is. Um, if if it's not him, it's NBA Young Boy. But Young Boy puts I've, out and see, and I've heard his name come. I, I've tr- my problem I'm with not, Young Boy I'm is gonna, I'm not going to bash Young Boy. I've listened to his music. I've tried. I've given it a like the way you and I deep dive into music, yeah, and I lose. Focus after about a minute. My problem with my problem with uh, NBA Young Boys, he's putting out. It's, it's 
quality over quantity, and not everybody's Lil Wayne where where it's quality and quantity yeah. are equal. It, it's just it, it's not possible. No, because Wayne could drop a mixtape and an album at the same time, and they both would produce solid numbers. Shit, man, No Ceilings was a mixtape and an album at the I, same I, time. I Look, Drought Four, man. Like we like Wayne is one of one when it comes to certain things. Like Wayne might be the most successful mixtape slash mainstream artist we we have. Like both. Yeah. Because um, like and, and there's and and listen, Drake has an argument for it too. Not not even gonna front. But I think Wayne's mixtapes are overall are better than the few that Drake put out. The Wayne era. Oh, bro, did you ever see that video compilation they did? Yeah, the 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 Wayne the Wayne the Wayne era. There's only one other rapper in the Wayne era where I'm like, yo, he can he 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 might be right there. It, it, it's Kanye, bro. And you heard Kanye and Lollipop remix. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, you're saying like lyrically, it, or or you like just just both. Like I don't I don't think I mean yeah Kanye writes you know Kanye writes his music or whatever. If I mean. If I'm gonna throw any other rap in there, I'll throw Ti because Ti has I'm, I'm, hella hits. See, it's funny when you say Ti, like I immediately go to Luda because I, I would if, I, I personally just when I look at those artists, I think, I still think Luda is not getting the respect he deserves, and I, I'm, I'll be that guy, and I will say I think Luda's, I think Luda's, I would take Luda over Ti. I really would, and it's because. You hear a lot of Luda's tracks and it sounds kind of comical. A lot of it does sound kind of... Some of it's comical. Some of it's hood. Some of it's like... There's a lot of different things. Like, Luda's very diverse. T.I. had one script You know what? Time. You, you know what my problem with Luda is? Go ahead. His best verses are only on features. That's my only See, issue with Luda. I used to think that. And his, then, so, I'll give you that for... For word for chicken and beer, word of and, mouth, and, word of mouth, he has some solid. And, and, and what, what I mean by his best verses, again, with the Billboard, we're talking yeah, commercially. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. like his best verses from that most people know. I give you an example: "Lovers and Friends." Most people rank that in their top five of Luda verses. The "Lovers and Friends" one. Um, yeah, is another one. Uh, I mean, uh. Obviously, you know what I'm saying you got what's your fantasy. I mean, we ain't we ain't even got it. Yeah, we ain't got to go into that. We know that's his. But I'm just saying, like, uh, uh, we know Luda. Me yeah. and you definitely know Luda. But for Billboard purposes, I mean, I could probably sit here and name you every song by Luda that made the Billboard, and it's not as much as Ti. It wouldn't be as much as Ti. Probably not. It'd be T- close, but Ti would. Ti is probably the only person that has enough Billboard hits to go toe for toe for toe for toe with Lil Wayne. Yeah. Right now, um, I'm not. I'm not arguing. Yeah. That. So like, no, I, I can. I'm now. If you just ask me, I got. Pro- I got Ti's yeah. album covers in my mind. Yeah. yeah I know, so I know. But, but if you yeah. just ask me, like, do I prefer Ti or Ludacris? I'm gonna tell you, I prefer Ludacris. Ludacris is a fucking monster. Yeah. And so. I'm gonna throw one more honorable mention that I'm I'm actually man I'm me neither one of us. I'm surprised Ja Rule ain't even up there. So I'm not um not surprised, but one that neither one of us actually threw in that mix, and that was actually Nelly. As I said, all Ja Rule is you you know what? As I said, Ja Rule, yeah. you say Nelly. Nelly is literally the Southern Ja Rule, so I'm not surprised. They both Fair do enough. the sing rap thing, and yeah. So, and I you know you know. In junior high, in junior high especially, Nelly was well, my favorite rapper. Yeah, so. but we were also we were stuck in the the Ja Rule and Jennifer Lopez everything phase. Well, 
Shout out and, to Ashanti for that because and, Jennifer Lopez didn't write shit. Oh, we know. And she was still dropping in bombs and shit. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> so, fantastic opening episode. Yeah. Um, I like the way we went with that. I'm glad that we were able to close it out on a non-sports topic. Um, I'll get the go-ahead from uh, from Justin to let you know about Saturday. We'll get a time situated. Um, well, hopefully, I know something tomorrow so we can plan accordingly. Yep. Um, be prepared, ladies and gentlemen, for a live stream on Saturday. I'm going to say it to you like that. Burp, burp, burp. Yes, sir. One way or another, Gentleman's Lounge is happening. I'm just trying Facts. to see if we can get us, get you know, get our guest on there as well. Um, we told you guys we we're gonna have a ton of interviews lined up. Um, you heard him already, you know, hinting and mentioning the Queen. We got a big one coming up, hopefully in the next two weeks. Um, we about to get it in with these pen, interviews. Yeah, pending a few things. I actually have an, I have a, I have an interview that that will be coming up that um I'm. You want to tune in for it. If you're big into wanting to learn about certain aspects of certain businesses, this that'll be the interview you want to talk about, you want to get into. You want to start talking about real estate, commercial, and all that type of stuff, that's the interview you want because I got somebody that's doing big things in that market. Okay. So we ain't just going to bring in people that talks about hey. just sports and things of that okay. sort. We got we, – we, we out there. We branch out. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. We just so happen to have a lot of friends that are in the music world, in the sports world, and everything else. But we have people that are talented in other fields. That's why we bring you a diverse group of characters. Yes. That's why we brought you somebody like Alundo Lawrence, who is a phenomenal human being, who is still out there doing phenomenal things. We're going to have a catch-up with him soon. Oh, we got to have a catch-up with him and you, Fresh. If, if, if London never gotta, answers the phone. Yeah, and we got to have a catch-up with, with, with Sarge and Jiggy, because they have been promoting the hell out of uh, porn stars. Yep. Porn stars. If you ain't heard that track yet, man, I'm telling you, you need to go get it. Get on YouTube. Check sound it like, out. Sound like your kind of track. I'm hey. just saying. Hey. Hey. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> it is. But because I've listened to it, I, I actually have. I'm subscribed to it on YouTube, actually, because I've heard it a couple of times. And um, Sarge tends to send it to me every other day. Yeah. And I'm like, bro, it. I'm already subscribed to it. You ain't got to <laughs> keep sending it. But I appreciate you. You got to. But we do got to get a catch-up interview with them as well because I'd love to hear the progress and everything like that, especially because um, Sarge had been over. He went back over to the other side. He went to the islands. He was on. He did a news news interview on TV, and he did a bunch of other big things since the interview that we had here, so I'd love to get a catch-up with that. So that's something we need to look at setting up. But um, that's really and truly that's all we got for you. Be looking forward to Saturday for another live stream um, coming to you live, episode two next week. Post Super Bowl, we will have post Super Bowl reactions. I don't know if we can wait till Wednesday, but we're gonna try. Uh, I don't gonna think it's gonna wait till Wednesday. We might just have to give y'all a might just give y'all a Monday show. We might have to give y'all a Sunday night show. I don't freaking know. Well, depends on. We'll talk about that. That that's highly possible. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna keep my computer handy. We might have a live on location type of scenario. You never you know. Never know. <laughs> but like I said, we are recording this episode live from your baby mama's bedroom because you working late tonight and she needed to call the meat delivery man. I am Mr. GQ. I am your man delivering the sausage DJ Michael B. What you can if you love it, then fuck it, get through it. Mumble mentality in my style.